0: You got the touch. You got the power. Yeah. You're live.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny's Transformers in Review. We're rolling on with this franchise, baby, and I cannot wait. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Nick Scarpino.
2: I feel like at this point, I've realized something about myself, Tim. And you want to know what, is what that it? is? I do. I think I need a Belmont. I think I just, my chair is just not like, I need to be a little higher, but it won't go higher. And I, my butt is, is starting to go a little numb. What's Let's a get Belmont? to the next level, doggy dog. Should we Belmont me? What is that? Infamously, Veronica Belmont
1: came to the, the former studio and was very short compared to all of us when she sat on the chair. So we had to get her a pillow that she sat on to make her taller. So from that, from henceforth, we called it Belmonting. Mm -hmm. It's basically a way to jack up your 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 stature amongst the giants. Only Nick Scarpitto can make (laughs) what we just said jack up your stature. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. on, on.
2: So Belmont is even an actual term? Mm -mm. Not anymore. No, I mean we made that one of us. Not anymore.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
2: Okay, yeah. yeah. Because I Google
3: Belmont and like it just brings up the city.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's definitely
3: we also have Andy
1: Maximum Cortez Cortez.
3: Guys, I've just lost my my will to really care about my life at this point, like watching these movies. I just Mm -hmm. Andy, don't forget
2: though, we're doing Lord of of the Rings soon. Oh yeah, I'll be back for that. A little carrot
3: at the end of the stick, a little tickle, okay. little tickle, yeah.
2: Like we That's- get to, for after we're done with these just abominations of films, we get to do all of the Viewersqueiverse and Lord of the Rings at the same time. And I'm pretty, I'm actually, I'm scared of that for how much time commitment I want to put into those because they're actually good movies. Whereas these are utterly forgettable. I cannot, Tim. I'm, I was like, sh- I was beside myself when I saw Leonard Nimoy's name pop up. Oh on the yeah, screen. I was like. Fucking Leonard Nimoy is yeah. in Transformers Three. I didn't yeah. know that. Do you know where else he is? Transformers,
1: the original animated movie. He was, was the, he Galvatron, the follow-up of Megatron. <laughs> to see it. the he'll infamous to see bloodborne see it. character. Oh yeah, yeah, That's yeah. right. I remember him being Galvatron. Today's, the, right. day, today's the day of uh, throwbacks to old. Kind it of all, shit. it
2: all comes, it all comes full <laughs> circle. That's all hell, Galvatron.
1: It does. Uh, You can get this show live every week. We do it twice a week, two franchises a week. Right now, we are doing Transformers and we're about to start next Tuesday The View Askewiverse, Kevin Smith's movies. Very excited for those. Um, You can watch it live, Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. You can watch it later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. You can also listen to it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Reviews and we will be there. If you want to get the show ad-free, you can go to Patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like Muhammad Muhammad, Justin Toft, Das Bear Jew, and Blackjack did to become Patreon producers. We appreciate all of you very much. A little bit of housekeeping for you. Uh, later today, we are going to be doing a stream of Predator Hunting Grounds on Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. That's very exciting, but it also ties into this. Nick, how does, it tie, how does Predator tie into Transformers? How does Predator tie into Transformers? Uh, the voice of the Predator. His oh, it's Peter Collin's
2: voice, Peter Cullin. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I never realized that until last night when I was watching Predator. And I read really? that. I had no idea. Because he doesn't have any lines. Mostly all the Predator does is record other people's things and, like, use it to, like, ensnarl them or, like, yeah. entice them over to places. So, like, I'm always, of course, the quotes that I'm always saying are the ones from Predator 2 because they're the most memorable. But, like, he records Bill Duke saying, over here, over here
4: oh that's so fucking creepy
2: creepy that (laughs) it's so creepy (laughs)
3: how old is this man oh he's 78 holy shit he's gonna live forever though because he might actually be a transformer we don't know his hair is super dyed in the thumbnail view i was like oh this
1: guy's still like 48 or something no he's 78 that's yeah (laughs) no he's 78 today we're talking about transformers dark of the moon to me i've always been bothered by this name because it's like it's cool of course anything about the dark side of the moon is cool but you know what's cooler than dark of the moon
2: Dark side mm. of the moon. Yeah, I don't know why they. I don't know why they called it Dark of the Moon. It's very, it's very like, weird. I feel it's like it's too. Like, it's too, too close it,
1: to like be good. To that's dark the thing. Head, you know what I mean. So yeah. It's like then don't do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. Just don't do it then. Uh, released on June 29th, ninth, two thousand eleven. Uh, Nick, I don't know if you remember this, but we went to see this movie for my twenty second birthday in IMAX three D. So did I, I go like with you?
2: You did. You did. We all went shit i do like here's the thing about this movie i watched this movie mm-hmm. and i sw- i was like i don't think i've ever seen this movie you have seen i remember i remember that rosie uh huntington whiteley is in this i she I, I know at some point she pops up and then i know at some point mark walbert pops up and i think he has a daughter and i think he i think he found a transformer that's all i know <laughs> from the rest from basically Wait, transformers on. two on do you think in Mark Wahlberg's voice? I think you <laughs> I mean, Andy, listen—you know I'm method, okay. When, I, yeah, when I'm transforming myself that's into Mark Wahlberg, I dream like Mark Wahlberg. I do steroids like Mark Wahlberg. Everything, everything—fantastic. Yeah.
1: Oh, wait, real quick—we didn't bring up the fact that Kevin's not here because he woke up too late and didn't watch the movie. So
2: <laughs> that's, fair. that's Kevin why it's—it's
1: it's just us. But yeah. he's here.
2: But he's here in spirit. Yeah, just I mean, like just like the good intentions oh god my siri just pops off there it goes siri no no siri no siri no thank you no, once siri.
1: again
2: well but yeah so we watched this movie on my my 22nd
1: birthday which is insane that it came out that long ago um but yeah nick i made you watch it in imax 3d <laughs> And you were so mad at me. Like he brought it up every day, Andy, for like
2: three oh, months. Of course. <laughs> <That's didn't laughs> least, this was
1: it was the Joey getting the way too small of
2: a theater. Um, <laughs> no. Nothing's as bad as that, Tim. Nothing's as bad as Joey booking us in the iPhone 4 screen. This <laughs> oh, is it smaller. It should be bigger.
3: Again, this was the movie that I saw super high with a buddy of mine from the R Institute. And I too saw it in 3D as well. And but again, it's just I don't remember for the first hour of this movie, I thought to myself, did I actually watch? Was this the movie I watched super high? And it turns out it was because I remember the big worm going to the building. Future mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I also like I literally just looked at the title of the document when I when I typed the synopsis, I put the movie name on there. And you said, Transform- I said Transformers 3. And then I looked over and I was like, Dark of the Moon, is that the right title? Because they're all so
3: they get vaguely weird.
2: interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. And this I mean this one I li- really had no if you were if you a week ago were like Nick I'll give you a $100,000 to tell with a plot of Transformers 3 is I'm like I can't fucking remember. I Dude, do not know it. All. I, had I had no idea their pillars were in it. I I forgot about Sen- Sentinel I didn't I didn't forget about Sentinel Prime. It just did that went into my brain and my brain was like we don't need to retain this piece of information and it kicked it right out.
3: I had the same issue with uh with using the Voodoo account for these movies because <laughs> I'm so glad they had the number on the cover. Because I swear when I last week when I hovered over, I saw Revenge of the Fallen and I thought, no, nah, I don't think that's part two. Revenge of the Fallen it's sounds different. like a later type of movie. And then luckily they have the numbers on the fucking thumbnail. Thank God, or else I just wouldn't have any clue. But would it really matter what shout out to, to that it in? Wouldn't matter.
1: Very, no, very little. It not. So seriously, directed by Michael Bay, once again, a budget of 195 million, 30 million of which was the 3D. Um, a box office of 1.124 billion. Guess it worked. Guess it worked. Yes.
2: A runtime. Holy up. shit. Yeah. That's because of the 3D. I like didn't
3: I know
1: it made it that much. 3D, right. Oh, yeah. It
2: That's made, what happens it when you make your when you make money. Kids watch 3D movies for $20 a ticket. You make a shit ton of money. Thanks, Avatar. You fucked this. Uh runtime of two hours
1: and 34 minutes. And I don't know that I've ever seen a movie that Feels as long as this one, Jesus, like, dude. And, but, but like, but, but but my thing. So here's the thing. Before we get is into, is he getting plot paid stuff, by the
2: fucking minute? Is that what Michael <laughs> Bay's contract states? Here's here's Michael, my thing though. Like a hundred dollars a minute. Okay, well I'm gonna make fucking. This guy has to be four hour long. Four hours long. Here here's my thing about this
1: movie. Give me a second to talk about this. All right, Transformers. We've established near and dear to my heart. This is the first of these movies. This is the only of this trilogy that I look at, and I'm not saying it's a good movie, but I will say this is the only one that I enjoy as a movie. It has a beginning and a middle and an end. The plot makes sense. Is it a good plot? Not really, but at least it's kind of interesting and it sticks to itself. And all the lore stuff they add doesn't it's not overcomplicated like Revenge of the Fallen, where it's like there's the matrix of leadership, and there's also the this and there's also the that. This has the matrix of leadership. They say that those words, and it's literally used as a thing to define leadership. And it's like, cool, I get it. Do On top of it, that,
0: real quick, don't they call it the great matrix of leadership in this one? Yeah, they do. Which, they do. It's like, wow. Do me. Dude, dude, give it just it me. Do me.
1: But, <laughs> but I feel like this movie kind of succeeds as an end cap to a trilogy because there are many moments that happen with characters that were like, oh, we've seen them before. And now they come back and we kind of care at least a little bit. All the plots seem to at least be telling the same story. The human military people have cool things to do constantly. In comparison to the other movies where anytime they're doing stuff, I'm like, why are you doing this? Everything they do in this one, I'm like, cool. This adds up. There's one plot being told. There's not – and anytime there's a plot twist, it's about one singular plot that's about characters. And I enjoy that. And I feel like this movie has – anything I enjoyed about the other movies, this movie does better and more cohesively. It just – is so long. But the thing with that, though, is that I feel like this movie is one of the most ambitious movies I've ever seen. And I think it really nails what it set out to do. I just don't think what it set out to do was something that I necessarily wanted. But it reminds me a lot of Endgame, where you watch Endgame and it feels kind of like three distinct movies. It doesn't feel like beginning, middle, end. It feels like different story elements that are building together so that by the end of it, it's like it all comes together. This movie, the beginning, the for an hour, it's straight up a history lesson and it's trying to tie Transformers lore in a fairly simple way to events that we are very familiar with and I think it does a good job with it although, in my opinion, it's boring as fuck because I don't like history lessons but then we get reintroduced to these characters from the trilogy and I'm like, cool, you're bringing them back in ways that I feel are way more interesting than anything we've seen. This movie still has all the same issues the other ones did because it has the X-Men effect of having the baggage of shitty movies before it um, so we're gonna have the bad comedy, we're gonna have the the weird ass boss character of John Malkovich, and we're gonna have fucking uh, uh, Ken whatever. Jong Ken Jeong for no goddamn reason. All that shit sucks. And okay, Michaela's gone, and we're gonna write that away in the most piss poor way possible. All that shit's still here. But then when we get to the Chicago moment, like the Transformers being banished and stuff, it's like all of this adds up, and I feel like is cool. And Chicago on, I'm like, this is the most intense. Apocalypse movie I've ever seen. I've never seen a movie get destroyed or a city get destroyed this much in a movie where I'm like, this is dark as fuck. These aliens just came, took this shit over. They're executing the good guys. They're they're doing
3: the war of the worlds to the people where they're just like, (laughs) dude,
1: (laughs) these transformers, these Decepticons are fucking killing humans and they are evaporating. Like all of it adds up. And then we get a fucking fight scene between Megatron, Sentinel, and Optimus. And I think that to me, that You can see it from the beginning of this movie to the end. There's at least a care for Transformers fans in this one that wasn't in the others. They actually call the bad guys Decepticons. Every time they reference them, they call each other by name. Starscream's called, Ironhide's called. It's like these characters that maybe have gotten one name drop in the other movies are consistently getting moments in this. And it's like, because of all that, I appreciate this. And I feel like this is the only one we've seen
2: in the last couple of weeks that is actually a movie. I see, I'm, I'm, I'll agree with you on your, your high, like high level points, which I think that this one is, I think this is the most straightforward story told. And for that, I appreciate it. Um, I'm the opposite of you though. Where I actually, I think Kevin and I were talking earlier before we started, but I re- I like the beginning of this. I think it's a really cool setup of like, Hey, the entire space race was caused because uh, this alien machines, alien ship crash landed on the dark side of the moon and whoever got to it first would get all of the the, the power from it and, all, and like, and try to figure, you know, get all the technology from it, which is cool. Um, Which is like where we got like, it's, you know, they, they make a va- a, a va- kind of vague reference to like, we got like computer chips and all sorts of cool technology from this thing. Um, And then they make another reference to the fact that we just completely, it was just, was too expensive. So we stopped going up there, which makes no sense. But um, I think it's cool. I think a, a, another highlight of the movie for me was that Optimus Prime actually has a character arc in this. So like uh, out of the other movies where the Transformers really are just there in name and there to be the big set pieces. But you really don't know what the fuck's going on with them emotionally um, because they chose to focus on the Sam Witwicky character. We get we actually get a moment where Optimus is like betrayed by his former leader and the guy he looked up to. And like he has to fight that. It's not great. It's not like, oh, my God, this was really impactful. But at least it humanizes Optimus to a point where I'm like, oh, he's a real character in this. I wish that could have been the same for any other Transformer because we have, again, I think he has a majority of the lines. Him and Sentinel Prime have like most of the dialogue back and forth. Probably Megatron has the the third most. And then the the next, like I couldn't tell you a line that Ironhide or what I don't even know the rest of the Transformers. Uh, in it,
1: other than See, I, I, I could play the lines, but it's because mm-hmm. I, I care more, obviously, more about these characters and stuff. But this movie is the first one that gave soundwave things to say. It gave Ironhide and Sideswipe, and that the the chasing on the highway to me is, I think, the pinnacle of this franchise. Because it's the Transformers doing cool stuff in car form and in robot form and having fun, quippy back and forth dialogue. When we get to the Mexican standoff thing, getting up to Ironhide's death and like Sentinel betraying him, it's like all of that is like, why can't this entire franchise be this
2: five minutes? (laughs) Well, I mean, I I mean, I was still thoroughly bored for the, from this movie because I still think they don't hit on nearly enough emotional beats, and I think I still hold by the fact that a lot of the action sequences are just so poorly thought out and so poorly executed from like from an actual dramatic beat standpoint that you just after a while your your brain just goes oh they're now they're sliding again down the thing oh they're sliding again down a thing uh I I the the last act of this movie I just thought was a blur I'm like this is a boring just. a a ton of noise and just crap that they're throwing at you. Now there's a giant space worm that's coming out. The shockwave, the sound wave There's all the waves are in this movie. So many waves. Um, And, you know, they finally, you know, to their, to their credit, they were like, someone realized they're like, Hey, if we just create a situation where the big transformers can't sneak into because they're too big and they'll be seen, maybe we have something finally for our humans to do. And then, but then you get 15 teams coming. And then as they sneak through the city, then another team comes and it's like, why do we need, why did we need that Navy SEAL team to come? Wasn't Josh Dumel's team and Tyrese's cargo loader fucking team. Aren't they good enough to do this? I just don't understand why they just, they started like this movie could have been $30 million less, 40 minutes shorter. And I think it would have been an actual, I don't, I don't want to say good action movie, but a competent action movie, but it's, it's their unrelenting need to have quantity over quality that just demolishes everything in this movie for me.
3: Uh the the f I I'm kind of the opposite of Nick. Like I I feel like I didn't wake up until the last hour of this movie. <laughs> like I everything leading up to to that final sort of uh the battle in Chicago, uh everything with with um what's his face, McDreamy, uh um Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. Like I, I don't see why any of that needed to be a part of this movie. I think it just it muddles it. Uh the fact that we're just introducing these characters in this movie, I wish it, like, if they were going to have Sentinel Prime being this this huge plot point, I wish it was talked about a little bit before, although you can make the case that that those moments did seem like uh, things that happened in past movies because this movie is so long. <laughs> that,
2: That's fair. You, this you know what is four I mean? movies in one.
3: Yeah, I, I just wish that, uh, you know, anything having to do with Patrick Dempsey or Sentinel Prime was all stuff that was kind of hinted towards... Because I, it's all just thrown at you in the first uh, hour and a half or two hours of this movie, and it's just so I just don't care, man. Like, get to the final action scene. What you're what you're presenting to me isn't interesting enough for me to give a shit. Just get to the final part, and then we can party.
2: See, I thought there was, I thought there were seeds of that. Like, I liked that they tried to at least put a a human character. Because remember that was my criticism of the first one. Was I was like the, the government should have been the real bad guys in the first one, right? And Shia LaBeouf should have had to like uh should have had to overcome some level of like humans, but instead they just throw them in and then John Boyd's like, we're cool, let's check the radio room, we're out. So at least I like that he had someone real to act opposite. You know, I I like that. And then they cast Patrick Dempsey who has this great heel turn in the middle of it. And I totally forgot that. I was like, oh shit, he's a bad guy. I just thought he was going to be. I, I thought Ma- Malkovich was going to be the bad guy, but it turns out John Malkovich just plays with a, with Bumblebee like he's a puppy, and then never comes back. In the what a the fucking horrible! scene. All of,
3: all fucking all everything scene. with Malkovich, everything with John Turturro, like it's all
2: just so badly done.
3: To we where, don't we did
2: not need John Turturro in this movie. You got to you got to admit,
3: like that's got to be so embarrassing to be in those scenes as John Turturro. Like, I, I guess I think of John Turturro not as, like, the Mr. Deeds John Turturro. I think of, like, The Night Of on HBO where he was nominated for awards. <laughs> and to be in this scene, it's just like, I don't know, man. So much about this movie just flat out sucks. Uh, and and I think the last
1: 45 minutes rules. They have fucking Frances McDormand did this movie. Dude, like, so a fun fact about her. Uh, <laughs> think about that. According to her, as of May 2015, this is the
2: only movie she's ever been paid what she was quoted. Oh, I guarantee it. Because they just, they just, they must have just, what do they just throw money at everyone to come be in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't, sure. I mean, who the hell knows, man? I don't know. I mean, she, again, she's, I mean, and she is a phenomenal actor, like phenomenal. If you don't believe me, go watch Fargo. It was one of the best Coen brothers movie ever made. But even she in this movie comes off as ridiculously bad. John Chitro, ridiculously bad. I don't know why. I mean. Fucking John Malkovich is bad in this, and that's not. I mean, they're these are great actors. These are some of the best actors of art of like any generation's time, and they're just outlandishly they're stupid. They're cartoons, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. don't. And they. And again, another a person, a perfect example. Ken John did not. That was. That's 20 minutes of the movie that I'd have been like this. Just just cut him out. Just cut it out. out. All of yeah. that. it. Out. It's offensive, man. It's, yeah. it's the
1: worst of the of this franchise where it's like it's shitty, sex-driven comedy that is not at all funny. And then it's just like action scenes that are taking away from the real action scenes. That's what makes it all noise, is like him getting thrown out a fucking window by laser beak. Like what the fucking hell are you doing? Yeah. Man?
3: I, and it's, I, I guess another thing that really annoys me about the whole Ken John thing is that it's the same character. He's been in so many movies where, Oh, it's, it's, it's the Asian man, but give him gangster things to say. Cause that's, it's so opposite from what he would normally say. Have him hold up a gun and say, what well, now, bitch!" Like it's just so well, it's so tired, man. But I, l- I guess I listen... this was this movie did come out in 2012, so who you know? Yeah, that was
0: that was the
2: height of that 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 stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, but, but also I just have to remember to that like work. Hangover Two, even <laughs> that makes Got sense. It. You have to also remember that like he like Bay. You know, I listened to the interview with T.J. Miller, and he was talking about how like he was hired specifically. He hires comedians specifically to go in there and improv crazy stuff and like do lines and make things funnier and so like that I think was I think that was the intent which was to bring in him and have him be like let's let's have you be just do do crazy shit and of course with I assume the intention was to like just seed it in there a little bit of like oh we need a comedic beat here but I think what happened to Michael Bay was he was just like I love all this I love everything I don't want to cut anything out of this movie
3: Keep it all. and also, his editor yeah. was like
2: this movie's <laughs> 17 hours long and four hours of it is Ken Jong just humping dry humping the booth in a men's room <laughs> Andy, let me let me ask you: How did you feel?
3: You cut off. You off again.
2: Let me
1: ask you something: How did you feel when Tyree showed up? Oh.
3: So there's a <laughs> there's a lie that he I I can't remember the line, but he says something along the lines of like, you know, I'm going with you or whatever. And then like Shia's like why and he's like because i paid a lot of money to be in this fucking movie (laughs) (laughs) like i paid more this time (laughs) it's just like i don't know man i don't know what these movies are doing dude these again this this reminds me a lot of part two where it just seems like so many different hands were on the wheel wanting to go different directions
2: and they just couldn't they couldn't meet at one place i think no hands were on the wheel and i think they were just sitting in the middle of a fucking big old arena circle and they were like we don't know which direction we're going to go in so let's just let's just do everything let's do as much as yeah. humanly possible in this See, i don't, i feel like there was a clear direction
1: dragging a bunch of fucking shit around it. and it's just, it, this movie reminds so me of days of future past where it's, it's like, like yeah, it's a great true, movie but- with just a lot of bullshit it's only a great movie because it's making like there's
2: so much other shit around it to make it look better See, I feel like, but I feel like they just disregarded a lot of the shit from the other movies, i.e., like this whole, the whole MacGuffin of this movie was the space bridge. And like you talked about before, like we've already seen that. So it's like, the, at, at no point did we ever worry about how people travel from a, a distance of the Earth to the moon in the first two movies. It just didn't, it was, it just didn't seem like something we needed to worry about. And then in this one, suddenly like Optimus Prime can't get to the moon without his ship. It's just, I don't know. They just—I feel like they threw. It's not the moon. It's, it's about then. bringing Cybertron to them. Yeah, but there's a moment where Optimus is like, "We need to take our ship up to the moon," and I'm like, "Did you? Because you guys fucking flew here on your own accord. Like, you guys didn't? You guys weren't you just ships before? And suddenly now they have to drop. Like, they have How Transformers the in now? ships, <laughs> which is fucking so weird. It's—it's. It's, I just feel like a lot of the, the the hit, like all the stuff they set up before, they were like, "Ah, that doesn't matter. We don't give a shit about that. Let's have it be the pillars. Let's have it be this thing. Let's not worry about the Fallen or any of that." I mean, obviously the Fallen didn't play into it, but. I don't know. I just feel like they're not not—they're not paying too close attention to the lore here.
1: Well, my problem there is like it's its not so much the lore because I feel like there is more consistency than there is with the cast of characters. It's just like, man, every single one of these movies has struggled to identify a team of Decepticons and a team of Autobots. Oh, 100%. So it's kind of just like, oh, there's the black truck. Like, okay, that's Bumblebee. I know Bumblebee. But it's like even like with this one, it's like where are the characters that were introduced in two? Like some of them are there. Some of them aren't. The twins, they're just not in this. There's one scene where you see them in their car forms parked in the nest headquarters. Where the fuck are they? Why aren't they banished? In the the scene where all the Autobots are being sent away. Well, you know what, what I mean? this
3: what this movie needed was uh, like obviously that Michael Bay just it let let it go right move on have somebody else do it. But I feel like I I wish the humor was was all consistent and felt like it was coming from the same writer and like like a movie like Big Hero Six. Which is like you know totally you know uh, really positive and cute, but there's also great character moments and cool character arcs, and I just like I wish this movie had some like amount of consistency to it, and it just
2: doesn't, dude. It's such a bummer. Well, it's also one of those things. It's like why does why does he need a love interest in this movie? Why is, why do we need half the characters in this? And it's just so it's such a sign of the times of like we need to have this the hottest girl on the planet and it, but i mean to their credit at least they give rosie uh huntington whiteley something to do at the end she calls Megatron she just, a bitch a bitch she was like, like you got a little a, a tiny little dick you need to get your little tiny dick in this fight if you want some of this ass and Megatron's like i do want that ass i want i so, want that ass
3: bad yeah why he just <laughs> grab her and crush her like what i don't know yeah you know, i'd be like fuck fuck you
1: you know fuck you. So, uh, yeah some facts there about the Megan Fox stuff. So Megan Fox was originally attached to the film and Patrick Dempsey's role as Dylan Gold was to be the employer of Fox's character, Michaela. According to various published sources, Fox's absence from the film was due to Bay ultimately choosing not to renew her role in light of comparing him and his work ethics to Adolf Hitler. Although representatives of the actress said that it was her decision to leave. And None of that was true. Uh, Bay later claimed that Fox was fired by executive producer Steven Spielberg, uh, a claim which Spielberg was like, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> and uh bay said i wasn't hurt because i know that's just megan megan loves to get a response and she does it in kind of the wrong way i'm sorry megan i'm sorry i made you work 12 hours i'm sorry that i'm making you show up on time movies are not always warm and fuzzy Damn. I, don't think he, fuck? It, Damn. I don't think
2: he's sorry. I don't, think he's sorry. I don't, I don't know, know if that's what well, counts as an apology. So uh I'm then I
1: made you show up on time. Damn. When Megan Fox was fired shortly before filming began, Blake Lively was offered the role. Oh, She'd have been good. good. Um, But had to turn it down due to commitments to Gossip Girl. Uh And then Gemma Artenton, Ash- yeah. Ar- Ashley Green, Brooklyn Decker, Miranda oh. Kerr, Bar Raffaelli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Amber Heard. Basically, all, all of the
2: Victoria's yeah, Secret yeah. models. Yeah, <laughs> Amber Heard. Uh,
1: Heidi Montag, Lucy Hale, Julian.
2: Heidi Montag? <laughs> Julian, Julian Hoff. H- Wait a minute. Yeah. Is that the modern family mom? No, it's Ryan Seacrest's, like, ex-girlfriend. She was, like, a Dancing in the Stars, like, person. Mm. Mm. Britney <laughs>
3: Spears, Christina Aguilera. Yeah, exactly. well, and, and Anna Kendrick.
2: Uh, we're all Anna Kendrick, Kendrick would have been, would've been her. great in Anna this. Anna
1: Kendrick would have been fantastic. Uh, Rosie like, Huntington if, Whiteley had no previous acting experience apart from appearing in Michael Bay directed Victoria's Secret commercials, which is what I mean. They're amazing.
3: Look, the thing is, like, I don't even think she was bad. Like, at I don't all. think she was like, bad either. I think
1: she was she, pretty she, good. Like, uh, uh, it just I, I just was unnecessary. It just yeah. felt derivative where it's like, oh, we're we're. Beat for beat remaking the love plot line of like who loves you, who says it first, whatever from the fucking last movie with yeah. a super hot girl. And it's so unbelievable that Shia LaBeouf would twice Hey man, twice. No, look,
3: man look, dude, you watch Tiger King, those dudes are getting pussy by just show or and dick too, right? By just showing off Mostly their dick. like yeah, the fat, like big. It, you know, if you have a pet tiger, you yeah, can get yeah. laid. And in this one, Shia LaBeouf's just throwing around that, look, I saved the world twice. Yeah, car. the medal. Yeah, the, the picture of
1: him with Obama, it gets me every... So, I yes. oh swear to God. So, <laughs> um, but then, what else do I got here? Uh, no, he invited her to audition and was impressed enough to cast her as Carly on the
2: spot. So, there you go. There, you yeah, know, you honestly, go. I, I, I saw her pop up in this movie, like, the first shot. I was like, oh, right, this is the one she pops up in, right? And I didn't think anything of it for the rest of the movie. And that's just kudos to her. She held her own. It's not like, granted they didn't give her fucking Shakespeare to say, but at no point did I think, oh, this, this person is a terrible actor. In fact, I think she was probably on par, if not a little bit better than Megan Fox was in the first one. So, you know, good for you, Rosie. Good and for guess you. what? You know who she, her husband is or who she's dating? Mm-mm. Jason Statham. Think about that. How much would you watch that out of the closet? <laughs> Damn. You know what I, I like that to my <laughs> right. I guess I think
3: uh, um, Optimus is over here. Wait, hold on. In the window, there's, it just looks like Optimus Prime yeah. is a part of the podcast. Yeah, it's the other way.
0: <laughs> oh, it's the other way? Left. Oh, this
3: way. There oh. It is. What do you think, Optimus? <laughs> I like this <laughs> <it. laughs> movie sucks. <laughs> Please kill All me. Right, don't move me in these movies anymore.
2: <laughs> let's, let's get into, into the plot. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Transformers Dark of the Moon. Today, in the name of freedom, we take the battle to them. Finally, we finally fight them. Don't worry about the last two movies where we took the battle to them again. Today, freedom, just remember that. Who I'll remember it. We start like we always start for some reason because we hired Peter Cullen and we ha- we gave him nothing to say for the other two and a half hours. So let's make sure he's got a VO at the beginning and the end of this so fans remember that he's the one that did the original Optimus Prime voice. We were once a peaceful race of intelligent mechanical beings, but then became the war. Guess what? The Autobots wanted freedom and the Decepticons just wanted tyranny. Why? I don't know. It's because they're bad. They're just bad characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Autobots were outnumbered and losing, so they launched a ship that contained secret cargo that would have changed The planet's fate, uh, a desperate mission, our final hope, a hope that vanished. When the Autobots ride in uh, – this is the question I have for you, Tim. Yes. Do you think when the Autobots ride in spaceships, Mm -hmm. are the spaceships also sentient beings? And if so, are they slaves? Do they feel like they're slaves to the other sentient beings? Well, not all machines are sentient. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. some of them. But are. So,
3: they, so, they have non-sentient machines that they can. Most operate. of them are are not. Yeah. Like Nick, do you think? Do you think their microwaves are sentient? Like the when the Autobots and Decepticons have microwaves or maybe toaster ovens on on Cybertron that they have
2: brains? I would I would assume so, and I think they have feelings too. And there's another war. All I'm saying is there's another war coming. Quick,
4: quick They're, question: Do you them. think that <laughs> the, the microwaves to ever
0: to... eat the food? Oh,
2: I would.
4: And I'm just like, lot,
3: oh, my bad, dude. My bad. Yeah, a lot, of, accusa- yeah, <laughs> a lot of accusations being thrown around
2: here. <laughs> anyway, back in the 50s, the ship, of course, lands on the moon. So a bunch of people talking and it really, my God, they a bunch of people are talking and then they have really, really bad CGI JFK. <laughs> It's weird. weird. Which begs the question: Why would you not just cast a look-alike? What, what's <laughs> weird about it is that it it worked for a second, like when it, when
1: no CG, but like I'm like I get it, I get what you're doing, and then they yeah. insisted on showing a shot dead on, and I'm like, you didn't why? need yeah. to do that. Like,
3: why? Uh, I feel like Forrest Gump did a better 20 years prior to that. Maybe not. Maybe it's just my memories. But like, well, Forrest Lord, Gump, it was, put in it real was footage.
2: offensively bad. In the it scene. was bad. There's a moment where like the face literally slides off of the. Model. it's fucking <laughs> yeah. bad. And it begs the question, wouldn't it have just been cheaper to hire an actor for for his day rate for just scale that kind of looked like JFK? And put him in there. It doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, fucking Christ! They literally recreate the fucking moon landing and the Oval Office. You just get it. Doesn't matter. All right. Uh, anyway, turns out the ship landing caused the space race that resulted in the moon landing. Uh, and I thought this was a really cool concept. I like that. I like that that I, the conspiratorial humans have been in on this sort of since that that point. Uh, we see the moon landing, and then NASA turns uh, off the official transmission so Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin can go to the alien ship. And again, I think the visuals here are really fucking cool. I like the idea that like you got 20 minutes go. And they have to walk in and they're like, we're going to need a lot more time because this fucking thing is huge. Uh, and, of course, they find all the dead Autobots. Then we get, again, not to harp on this JFK shot, but we get a really cool shot of Nixon in the Oval Office where we see the actor blurred out in the background and the camera dollies to the right. And on TV is the real Nixon. And I'm like, why would you not just oh, do that? This is That's a way better, cleaner way to do this than having a visual shot that immediately makes everyone want to make fun of your penis, Michael Bay. Uh We see a montage of astronauts coming back to Earth with some secret materials. Then we get a shot of Sentinel Prime laying dormant on the crashed ship. His eyes light up, which then transition into the title and then immediately into Rosie Huntington-Whiteley's very spray-tanned ass. It's egregious to the point where if I had furniture, I'd be like, you cannot sit on any of my furniture until you go a couple showers with that spray tan, yeah. Because I've seen what that can do, and you can never get that shit out.
3: It's like when you dye your hair like red or something, and you shower; it, it takes a while for it to kind of like settle it's or whatever. Set yeah. in, yeah, for yeah.
2: sure. Uh, she it's brought. Like a Sam... Bay movie. Oh my god, it's so egregious. Could you imagine that in a movie right yeah. now? That director would get tore. Can you imagine that in a Marvel movie? Like. No way. No, no fucking way would that happen now. Anyway, she brought Sam a new lucky bunny and all oh, those cheeky Brits. They don't understand American superstition. It's a rabbit's foot, Rosie, not a giant stuffed animal. Oh, oh you're dumb. You're from across the pond. Then, of course, <laughs> Rosie offers to give uh, Sam some money for lunch uh, because he's broke as shit despite saving the world twice. And thus, we get our the main conflict in our B-plot here. Uh, they're in Washington. We get a nice little flashback of Rosie and Sam meeting at the White House. When he when he was given the Medal of Honor or some sort of medal. I don't know. They never really distinguish what it is. But he gets it's a medal. Just, it's just a medal from Obama. Who cares? It's a cool it's medal. So so yeah. fucking so. Uh, and of course she was working as an aide to the British ambassador. And he comes pretty kind of aggressively at her and a little cocky. And you know what, Tim? Oh I my respect. god. I, I love it. When, he <laughs> <laughs> when he's <laughs> the like,
1: fucking gun, dude. Oh,
2: this? This is just that this is just a medal I got from Obama. And then it's a so post-of-man. Like, awesome. I, the POTUS. POTUS. I,
1: <laughs> I fucking love this kid.
2: He's yeah. okay. So I, I've I've talked about this before. How I think he pretty much carries his entire franchise until this movie. I agree sure. with you. It's too much. They needed to. Uh, Michael Bay needed to back him way really? the fuck off because he screams so much in this movie. And you're like, dude. there's only one me. scene where he screams. Like, it's in the the. There's like three scenes there's for, the, there's the scene where he gets super aggressive, done. where he goes to nest and like, get the fuck out. Or he's like, oh, ah! yeah, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa like, man. man. Get back on your meds. But but um, the
1: thing, the, my problem is I feel like Shiloh doesn't have much finger gun moments in
2: this one. Like, I feel like he's just kind of a generic dude. He's not like the buff. Well, they had yeah. to make more room for um, Tyrese's do. whole I quit the military and now I load cargo onto planes character.
3: I needed that, that character arc. Really, really I needed wanted. that character arc right there.
2: Anyway, Sam really needs a job, and Rosie tells him that he has a job that involves his fucking mouth and her the lower half of her body. And he's like, "God, she, damn it. she wants his whole face to just be orange by the end of the night. And she wants <laughs> she wants like like a little mini Donald Trump just running out there with that spray tan on that face." Uh, then there's a quick little throwaway line about Megan Fox being written out, which is uh, oh, I'm sorry. They get interrupted by the small Transformers, Wheelie and Brains. Um, oh, here's another and, one. Hey, remember yeah.
1: the, the little one that was annoying in the last movie? Yeah. Hey,
2: now there's two. Why? We don't need to explain it. Nobody not need to be in this movie. Again, the only Transformer that should ever fucking be hanging out and interacting on a on an intimate personal basis with the main character is Bumblebee. Everything else is just why is this in here? It it literally is a distracting moment in this. Totally, it's fucking distracting. And on top of that, like what you're talking
1: about, something that bothers me about this franchise. It's like cool. Like you can watch these movies, and obviously everyone can be like, oh yeah, Bumblebee and Sam have a connection. But do they? No, they don't. Think these movies really go out of their way to not let them have moments together. They have Ever. no.
2: Well, there's, there's never
1: very little interesting things in the, all three movies so far. I agree. I agree. It's Were funny. they
3: born, born in labs? Now it's time to rank those apps. Actually, that's the wrong song. That's the wrong song. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I was like, oh. what are we talking about? Is here? it a wig? Oh, I don't know.
2: Wig in that with No. Why does that little robot have Friends? a hair? Why does that robot have hair? Why is the robot Q have hair? And is the most terrifying thing anyone's ever put on fucking film. And it's a good so guy. So
3: scary looking. Everything's scary. So, uh, Everything's scary. Q and the little robot with the fiber optic hair. But more importantly, Q, it looks like an animatronic that they ripped the rubber off of. Like maybe it was like an. Oh, oh yeah. It was like a, it was exactly a Benjamin like. Franklin animatronic, but they ripped yeah. the rubber off. So it's just robot. it. it's so scary. looking.
2: it's dude. terrifying. It's like when you realize Santa's just a man and you're sitting on a man's lap. Anyway, there's a throwaway line about Megan Fox being written out, which apparently is the only reason for the scene. Uh, Sam's parents show up on their world tour uh, with matching track suits. And at first, I was fucking – Tim, I was dreading this moment. I was like – I knew it. I knew they were going to put these stupid parents back in her. But, I man, I, I, I got to be honest. After about five seconds, I'm like, I got a sneaking suspicion that these are going to be the best parts of this whole they're movie. They're great, man. And they're, they're in this movie the perfect amount. Just enough. Yeah. Just enough. yeah. Uh, Mr. Whitwick, he gives him shit for not having a job and it's revealed that Bumblebee is off on mission so Sam had to pick up uh, what I would consider a dope-ass classic Datsun 510 uh, that I know Kevin and me would love to just spend countless long nights restoring so and then maybe accidentally make out. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I get, get oh, and, and, Every and once in a while you get me. <laughs> that shit is, that I don't
1: expect. But that yeah, was one of those times.
2: Oh, Moonlight. Uh, we get yeah. more from Optimus. Uh, apparently they're optimist is like dude we're out there solving problems and then they show a montage of all the problems they're solving and it turns out they're really just shills for the american government they're fighting all of our wars uh mostly over like we, we see them fighting for and and i mean they're just literally like our peacekeepers for the world basically our own private military force which i gotta be honest with you i'm, I'm okay with i don't I mean, know how yeah.
3: you like I, that, I, here's the thing i think that we we as a society would be okay with this but you got to assume that these autobots they get here and they're like you're, you're making we're gonna do what like Dog. I mean, basically, like, you're putting this at work. work. Like, I guess I am the right
1: guy to get the cat out of the tree, but
3: yeah. I but, like, I, I came here to chill, man. Like, I, I just came from a lot of war. And now you're making me continue to do this stuff. Come on, what, dog, you yeah. know,
2: it, it always like it, it's always so interesting when you look at this from a global perspective, right? It's the same thing with like a Superman movie where Superman is always like, obviously, what what is his main thing? He fights for peace, justice, and the American sex. Right. Yeah. But, like, oh, definitely not sex. He's Superman's. I stand by the fact that Superman's asexual. That scene in the bathtub, I was like, ew, gross. Get away from me. Um, but, like, if if I were, I don't know, Russia, and I was like, wow, the Transformers are based out of America, and they're essentially just going over to the Middle East and protecting all of America's oil assets, um, I would have a problem with that. I'd be like, I think these motherfuckers need to stay out of all the wars, because this is not cool. Anyway, that's my personal opinion of it.
3: You know, I, I always wonder, I always think that, like, when we watch movies like Mission Impossible, I always think how, like... Why does Ethan keep doing stuff like this, right? Why does Ethan Ethan Hunt? Why do they keep put keep putting him in these scary like life or death situations? And how is he being compensated for it, right? And I think well, about that with these transformers too. Yeah, like are like. And what's really funny? There's a scene where they're like, "Oh, uh, we're here in the uh, in this uh, warehouse where we repair them. It's like parts and whatever, like." Like the little cars drive up and they're like Soundwave, come here. Not Soundwave, but you know what I mean. Like Rip Tire and and Roadhog and Master Chief and like and everybody like goes yeah. in and like parks to yeah. so, like get repairs and, and diagnostics whatever but it's like do you think the robots are like just let them do their thing like they don't understand
2: <laughs> like, yeah they don't get let it. Them Just not.
3: let them think that they're repairing us, you know?
1: like, like we've literally seen Bumblebee go from a shit Camaro to a fucking
2: brand new yeah.
1: <laughs> just by like scanning it like they're good yeah. none of it yeah, makes yeah, any fucking, fucking sense, sense. Yeah.
2: Uh, of course, then, uh, next up, we have the Ukrainian ambassador who passes along some secret info to Josh Duhamel about alien presence in uh, Chernobyl. And after having watched the HBO miniseries, no fucking way would I go anywhere near that site. I don't give a shit if the fate of the world is at, is at risk. They have literal particles that are floating around Chernobyl that rip apart your fucking DNA.
3: Go Tim, fuck did yourself. you ever watch
2: Chernobyl? Oh, Tim. it's tim unbelievably you should watch after dave Just would blow me away tim it's like eight uh, episodes really or six
1: maybe yeah. it's, it's, so the be- it's the best it's the best miniseries i've ever seen currently. oh my god she Dang. decided she's gonna watch it based on this movie so you should really something good yep. are you serious oh great yeah dude <laughs> you know, oh my god she's gonna she's it. it'll
2: be on near me There's <laughs> right. a lot of parallels to this movie truth be told yeah yeah and that it is a disaster a <laughs> yeah. it's just an unmitigated disaster, <laughs> the likes of which we will never come back from. It'll last hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, anyway, they said uh, twenty thousand. That's, that's nuts. I know it's fucking crazy, right? Not only that, but guess what? They have to go back and build another structure eventually because the structure that they're building, that the mega structure they put on it already, is like is going to decay before that happens. Anyway, uh, the Ukrainian guy takes them into a facility and then wants to tell Josh something, but is scared away by Robo Bat, um, which is laser beak. They find. And, you know, a, a metal part from a long-lost Autobot ship, and uh, I guess because Sputnik went up there and got it, and then all hell breaks loose—a fucking giant transformer that looks a lot like uh, just a, just a metal, like a metal. What did I say? Oh, tentacles. <laughs> I thought I wrote testicle, but like <laughs> giant metal metal te- uh, tentacles bursts through the ground and 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 steals the case, uh, and then it slams into Optimus, forcing him to make some mouth noise. Oh my god! So Optimus shows up. It slams into Optimus. And they, they made the mouth noises a little too apparent. So as all <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> so weird. weird. So I was like, Optimus rolling in with his trailer for the first time. I was yeah. like, let's fucking go. This is all I've wanted since I was five years old. And then immediately this fucking weird drill snake thing busts into him when he makes the mouth noises. And I'm like, you just ruined this for me. You fuckers. Happened. I was rock hard. And now it's just like, Blue balls for the rest of my life, but I, I'll tell you, what, I'll I tell hate you what this I don't drill understand. thing, dude. It's like, can the Transformers just be simple? Just let them be robots that turn into other things. We don't need a fucking giant drill snake. We've seen enough blender stuff, man. So, based
3: on my limited knowledge, when when Soundwave appears next to Drill Man, Shockwave, Shockwave, when yeah, don't, yeah, don't, wave. don't be
2: confused because Soundwave's also in this movie.
3: What? Right, right. I right. in Wave Race sixty four. When Wave Race <laughs> pops up next to the Drill I thought to myself, "Oh, that's one guy. That's one thing right there." Yeah. Like the robot, because it is looks it, that way. That's sort of its physical manifestation of like, "Here's how I look in robot form, but really I have these giant, long te- uh, testicles." Right, <laughs> testicles. Uh, but yeah, I didn't know that they
2: were. But also, why did they retreat? I feel like they had such an advantage. Uh, I don't know. At, <laughs> at no point do I think, and this is this is another major problem I have with this movie. At no point do I think the Autobots stand a chance against this. Yeah, yeah.
4: There's no. Problem. I do
2: <laughs> like the line with Tyrese where he's like. Why did why the Decepticons always get the cool shit? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true, right? And like, and like that's that's a that's a that's a just such a fucking um, I guess just novice way of approaching all this, right? Give the bad guys the bigger weapons, and then let the good guys, I guess, just punch their punch harder as they get to this stuff. But like, like the like the Decepticons in the cartoons always kind of. If well, they I had the same it
1: was the same advantage that they could fly. I thought about like, but it they never of felt
2: like an overwhelming presence. They always felt like they were planning something and they were going to scheme and then they were going to launch like an ambush on on the Transformers. The Transformers always felt like they could beat the shit out of them at any point. And the Decepticons were like these little like these little bitches that were hiding in the corner and like in like a weird like ship. And they're like, we're going to get them again this time. But the original just cartoon sucked. That, I don't care how, count you. how fucking war. wow. You. wow. Tim, you're, like, you're like, that's a cartoon like that. Like that's like little like Pixar. Mute your mic. Uh, Let's see. Then Laserbeak kills the Ukrainian guy, and then we get a fun... Guys, guess what? That was too intense. We got to have a fun montage of Sam at job interviews, because his dad really wants him to get a job. And then it turns out uh his past has flagged him by the FBI, despite his record being expunged and having gotten... uh He got a medal, but guess what? He still can't get a break. No one wants him. He's got no experience. And then meet John Malkovich. That's right. We got John Malkovich, because Sam has a letter from their board. He has no idea how that happened. He is interviewing at Acura Systems, and uh, uh, John Malkovich plays, of course, the aforementioned Bruce Brazos, uh, and does not want, he doesn't, this guy does not suffer fools, man, and he does not appreciate grin fuckers. His whole floor is yellow. <laughs> it's all yellow. And I'll tell you this right now, Kevin, if you're listening, if we ever have a studio that has multiple floors, we have to have color coordinated floors, mm-hmm. and if yeah, red 100%. if a red cup comes to the yellow floor, Kevin, you have to fucking bring the holy power of the the Holy Ghost and Jesus down on this person.
0: I don't I don't like that that lady cried. Like it's it's enough to like she could have been just upset that they took her red cup. But like don't don't walk away and cry.
2: I I feel like the much. the tears were symptomatic of a little bit more um, abuse that she had endured throughout the years. Yeah. Sure, but, but like I, I
0: wish think, that they had fired her or something. Like we had. Seen I feel it. like.
2: I mean I feel like honestly if you br- if you're stupid enough to bring a red cup into the yellow section you should get thrown out of a fucking window. I, I, I was feel surprised. like a- I was surprised that Gia looked over and was like what the fuck Denise and I was just like damn I
1: you're, you're Listen, on
0: dude No but on side. a serious note like seriously Denise like do you not understand the fucking rules like you see everyone else's fucking cup you had to go to the third floor to get the red cup
3: well, who are you fucking, fucking up, Denise? <laughs> I do like the just the one throwaway line of, of Malkovich being like, it's anarchy up here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like that. that line is actually pretty decent. But Nick, what is more tanned, his face or Rose, uh, her
2: ass? Oh Rose god, Huston, it's a
3: toss-up.
2: And now we're getting and Andy. Thank you. I wasn't going to point that out because I, I don't like to. I don't like to indulge in in useless conspiratorial theories for just comedic sake. But I sure. will say this: there's a huge, huge, huge contingent on the forums that are talking about John Malkovich was the first person to service Rosie Huntington-Whiteley uh, in, in the a, beginning of the movie. It was and a it transfer. Was, that's what you get. Gotcha. It was a transfer from Choch to Face. It was a Choch it Face to transfer. Choch. My God, the most dangerous of them all, because you can suffocate with that in a lot of different ways. Anyway, uh, he was like, listen, man, I fucking get it. You want you don't want wait, this job. Wait, you can think you name some job? of the ways? Enough <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> in here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, he goes, I get it, man. You don't want this job. You want the job after this job. But this is the job that's standing in that way and go to the fucking mailroom. So I was like, I guess I need money. So I'm I'm tired of asking my hot girlfriend for lunch money. So I'll take the job. Anyway, the Autobots come back. Real real quick, Nick. uh, Interesting thing that I I read was a a deep analysis of this
1: movie um, that was saying that Shia LaBeouf's character in this film is representative of Michael Bay and how he feels about how he is unfairly treated. For the Transformers, shut the movies. fuck up. And it like it's one of those dumb articles, but like they went in and like they tried to treat it like a real thing, and it was pretty fucking funny. Where you're oh, just like, okay. look at all the things I did, look how much fucking money I made with these movies, and you guys are just fucking shitting on them. Fuck you, like oh like that's my metal.
3: Yeah, that's fine. Fu- okay, like, see the girls. I missed the first part of the sentence, and I thought that you were saying that that's like an actual thing that Michael Bay said, and I was like, wow,
2: I wouldn't, I wouldn't put
3: it past <laughs> wow. him. Wow, the anyway,
2: the Autobots come back to the nest, and guess who's there? Uh, Frances McDormand, and uh, and she's there with, uh, I put some sweet Jordans. I don't know why. Does she have Jordans on? I can't remember. Anyway, Prime is pissed. And they oh, yeah. She, switched she into switches. Something. Oh, cool. I feel, like, I feel like Tim would like that part. That's what Tim would do. It was do. bizarre. In, it was weird. Take the heels off and go to his just house Jordans. Uh, Prime is pissed that they didn't <laughs> tell him everything about what they knew regarding uh, the humans and the Transformers' interaction with Earth, and then they bring in the actual Buzz Aldrin. And it's like, can we just leave this man alone? Did he deserve this? I mean, it's just crazy it that they, they, allowed, him for the they allowed him to meet a true legend. You know? The 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 top 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 top. Yeah, wow. like, it's yeah. just fucking insane. I need you to mute your mic for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> he,
3: guys, he he, he looks like he was reanimated. Like, he looks <laughs> as fake as the JFK did in the beginning, dude. His um, face is
0: just like... Like, like, dude, like uh i don't know if you guys can tell heard, but yeah. andy's totally yeah. f- like <laughs> yeah. andy's, it's, it's, it's r- funny that like, he's a he's, it's it's so transformer yeah uh, <laughs> he's just froze there it is <laughs> you think he can hear us
2: no i, I think that's you. what happens when oh, you get okay. when you make fun of buzz aldrin and you fuck yeah it's run not, not cool shit. man Buzz aldrin,
0: yeah that man dude was the there. first
2: person depending on who you believe to step foot on the moon what does that mean it's just saying, conspiratorial. Who 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 made John Malkovich's face red? All the orange? forums. Who made it all orange? The forums, Nick. All right. That's all I'm saying. He uh, uh, just
0: one note I want to throw in there. He looked so excited to be there. He looked so goddamn happy. He didn't
2: know where he was. He's ninety. Why?
0: Why? Are you? He's dead now,
2: Nick. Oh, so I hope you feel R.I.P. good. Did he die by how I want to go out? Face sitting. Yes. Anyway, um, another cool piece of lore comes up here, which is like, "Hey, guess what? The Chernobyl accident wasn't really about nuclear accidents. It was that they were fucking around with these fuel rods they took from the ship, the Sputnik mission took from the ship, and it caused a massive explosion." I'm like, "That's fucking cool." <laughs> Lean more into that, uh, and then Optimus goes, "The ship that crashed was named the Ark." I'm like, yeah. "Wait, uh, okay.
0: sorry, one crazy, you, you all dead. just." You killed Buzz Aldrin, Yeah, dude. he's
2: not dead. <laughs> that no, was, was my bad. Still alive.
0: You <laughs> Stronger than ever, Buzz too.
4: Aldrin.
2: <laughs> Don't kiss, but Was Neil Armstrong passed away? How's Neil Armstrong doing? <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> anyway, uh, the ship that crashed was named the Ark, uh, and it was captained by Sentinel Prime. Uh, Neil Armstrong started. is dead. Oh, RIP Sentinel Prime. That's yeah. why you were thinking about. Yeah. Uh, definitely. pre uh Sentinel Prime was the previous commander of the Autobots, and that ship was carrying an Autobot technology that would have won us the war. Uh, and, and we got to find it before the Decepticons do. And we're like, whoa, what's this cool technology? Is it a weapon? No. It turns out it's a bridge, a space bridge that would have allowed them. I guess, to fight a better war on their home planet where they could get around very quickly. I don't understand how that would have done it, but I'm not a strategist. Sam goes to see Carly at her all-white office. Again, Kevin, I'm just saying. For a motif Either all-colored or every floor is star- so white that it drives people insane.
0: You remember that you, we did it. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be fun. When we started uh, the, no, no, we did do that. When we, when we <laughs> moved into the, the now old studio, you were like, mm-hmm. I just want just white furniture and very little.
2: Mm-hmm. We did it, and then Gray came and started putting person? so much crap everywhere that I was just like, I give up. This yeah, game. Andy, <laughs> that's why it.
0: everything on my desk is so small. Super small. Super small.
2: Oh yeah, guys, Uh-oh. I'm in uh, my Uh-oh. video. We bars? Lost you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, your message is getting interrupted by Cybertron. <laughs> hey, can you back out and come back in, maybe? Yeah, back out and come back in because your your <laughs> signals like gone. Okay, um, <laughs> let's see
3: uh oh i I think my i think my just screwed up because i'm looking down here and i have
2: no bars are you are you hardwired in yeah Hmm. well maybe maybe pop off restart your internet and come back in you're not supposed to have bars if you're you're hardwired no the, the bottom left where it shows you uh
3: the discord oh connection and now it's all green
2: i don't know what's happening okay you're you're back baby you're back blood is green trap is clean let's keep going anyway they go to this all-white office who do they meet that's right tim mick fucking dreamy and he Mm -hmm. calls rosie the duchess and i'm like shia you lost because if this guy already has a name for her and it's the duchess and he's super rich Dude, it's only a matter of time before she's she's turned inside. Anyway, McDreamy definitely wants to bang Rosie, uh, and I can't blame him because guess what? Ugh, I love sharing that. Okay, that's another spray hand joke. Let's move on. Sam has to get in <laughs> to his piece of shit car and ride in front of McDreamy, and uh, and he feels super threatened by him. And again, I feel like this is a little bit of a time where we could have we could have pulled Shia back a little bit on this one because he goes a little fucking psychotic. Yeah, I there's agree. a there's a thin line between it's fun to, to show your insecurities, but then also, like, you might actually, like, kill your girlfriend while she sleeps, and I feel like he tips a little too far over into the obsessive fucking crazy in these scenes, but anyway, uh, let's see, McDreamy, guess guess who got him that job? McDreamy was the one that put in the call to Acura Systems to get Sam the job, and basically, I, I mean, I guess... Um, take his manhood away from him at the same time because he just completely, completely does that. And then we get uh, Ratchet and Optimus. Uh, they use the Transformer ship to head to the moon and enter the Ark and they find Sentinel barely alive. Um, he He locked himself away to guard the Pillars. Um, and then down in Africa, Megatron is living in fucking dire straits. He looks like it's straight out of Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, he is wounded and weak. And Laserbeak and uh, Soundwave tell Megatron the Autobots have taken the bait. Time to eliminate loose ends. Laserbeak goes, going to kill? He didn't Falcon. need the tar No. It, but it looked cool.
1: Dude, I I fucking love all this shit. I love the idea. And again, this is one of those moments where I am putting so much more than was actually in this movie just based on other shit. But the idea of Megatron coming back from the dead in the second one being fucked up even more beyond repair in the in the second one and now being here and just being so fucked up. And he's like like a garbage truck that he turns into. It's just so fucking cool. Him being out in Africa. There's some fun little facts here for you. Uh, the Decepticons camp is in Africa, in the same place where the Maximals and Predacons crash landed in Beast Wars.
0: Oh, So, so that, <laughs> that's a fun thing there. But yeah, I, you I, know I,
3: what? I forgot that were their names. I forgot they were Maximals and Predacons. Holy yeah. Shit.
1: But uh, I I fucking love this stuff because it's one of the rare moments, unfortunately, in these movies where it's like, oh, okay, the Decepticons have a team, Megatron and Starscream and Soundwave. There's connections between them and and Laserbeak's here and Laserbeak lands on Soundwave. And it's like, that's how this should be. And like just, yeah, Megatron being fucked up in the spiders and stuff like that shit's cool, but it's just not it's not cool enough. Uh, Nick, speaking of Sentinel, though, so we talked about Leonard Nimoy being the voice of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, obviously spock in star trek there are many spock references in this movie yeah I, i've, I've seen a couple we see them watching a spock episode of star trek we mm. see uh or later we get multiple lines from bumblebee uh <clears throat> from different star trek movies and stuff mm. and at some point leonard Nemo also says the the line needs of, of the many not way the, the
3: needs of the few
1: classic yeah, so, classic pretty cool stuff and then uh sentinel prime was modeled you just cut out what did you Sam- cut off Uh, Sentinel Prime was modeled after Sean
2: Connery. Oh, that's cool. They could have gotten Sean Connery for it, maybe. Would have been cool. Uh, Anyway, uh, guess what? We're going to start with Sam's first day. We head over to the mailroom, and the head of the mailroom is very inappropriate with a female employee. And then when she gets pissed off, he says she's having a Latin meltdown. And I'm like, wow, this movie. There's so (laughs) much in this movie that you just just don't want to do today. Uh, Rosie comes to visit him. I don't know if you wanted to do it then. Oh, he well, definitely did not. Want
1: that's such life. a weird fucking thing. Like, is that a
2: joke? Like, is this supposed to make people laugh? Is it supposed to make people feel uncomfortable? Like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. You know
3: what? Uh, if, guys, you wrote I, that,
2: if you wrote that character into a movie today, he would have to be a bad guy or have a massive fucking like realization at the end of the movie that he's been living his life wrong. But this guy's just like, I run the mail room and I'll slap ass. I don't give a fuck.
3: I'm not really seeing a lot of Sean Connery in his face, but I, you know, again, not a huge fan of robot beard. Mm hmm. Like, how Go do like we a
2: roboticize beard. a beard? Robot tentacles hanging like, like like, fucking little dinglies hanging off of his yeah, face. Yeah, I hate, I hate it. Anyway, uh, Rosie comes to visit him and Ken Jong just immediately perves out on her. And again, another like, wow, this is fucking dumb. Um, she, he's like, how'd you get here? And she goes, oh, I got a car. And he's like, what kind of car did you give him? And it turns out McDreamy gave her a $200,000 Mercedes uh, that is fucking really cool. And he, he goes, cool, we should sell it and buy a house. Cause he's frustrated. Cause he has no money. And she's like, dude, I'm banging you. It's okay. And then everyone, myself <laughs> it's like, yeah, but it's only a matter of time before you realize that you, you're, it's going to take this guy 30 years to be able to buy you anything. You're going to go, you're going to go to a rich guy. I would fuck Sam. He's a loser. Anyway, uh, let's see. Anyway, everyone really wants to bang Rosie. That's made very, very apparent, including when John Malkovich comes up and you're like, wow, this whole office just is one massive uh, lawsuit waiting to happen. This is just a sexual harassment fucking hotbed. Uh, Ken Jeong gets super inappropriate in Sam's face um, about the fact that he knows the Transformers and then assaults him in the bathroom. Um, and he's like, I'm like deep throat, man. And I'm like, whoa, that's a that's a thing to say when you're standing on top of another man in a, in a bathroom stall. He knows shit about the well, dark side mean, of the movie. Dude, you, you left out the, the opening
1: line of that. What did he I'm, say? I'm deep wang. It's like deep
2: throat. Maybe I blocked that out. Yeah, because that happened. That's that's what they had. Ken Chong say. Uh, Let's see.
3: Come on, man. (laughs) These fucking movies, dude. And then he reaches
2: into his pants and takes his manifesto out of his fucking dick and gives it to Sam. You know what, though, guys? Luckily, this is the last one. (laughs) No, it's not, Andy. There's three more. What? Three three more. Oh, wow uh let's see sam tries to talk to ken about and immediately just goes into his room he's like we gotta have a conversation about what just happened there but ken's like being tortured by his mouse because laser beak is actually in there and then um unfortunately his superiors want laser beak to suicide him so laser beak goes fucking nuts and throws him out the window and then just starts killing everyone in the office for no reason i I have to imagine because the writers were like we should probably have an action scene happen somewhere in here he chases sam through the server room uh and then fails miserably and then he turns, turns into a printer at some point he does turn into a printer at some point. And then when they when the guy's, like, trying to hit the printer, it does the
1: transformers, though, more yeah. than meets the eye. That's cool. <laughs> hey, I'm here for the fucking facts, all right? Uh, yeah, all right. That's uh, cool. So, that's easy. Then also, a fact that we missed, Andy, this one's for you. Wait, wait, wait. Beginning of the one of the NASA, like, the main NASA guy. Who was he? Was he even Steven's dad? Yeah, he was. Yeah,
0: holy
3: tying, shit!
1: Tying the universe.
3: Wow, together. wow! Just show me Tawny, man. That's all I care about. <laughs> where you at,
2: man? I miss her. Uh, so Sam gets pissed off and heads to where they keep the Autobots, and then he just screams a lot like a small child. And it's at this point that if I was Rose uh, Huntington Whiteley, I'd be like, I, "This is it. This is the final straw. This guy is a child. He makes no money." And I can find someone else to to clean up the spray tan down there, if you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, then we get a fun scene with uh, with Bumblebee, where Bumblebee kind of comes to his rescue. And then Francis McDormand uh, uh, has taken possession of the five items taken from the ship. And then Sam tells them that the Decepticons are back and gives Ken Jones Manifesto to them. And then Optimus uses the matrix of leadership to repower Sentinel Prime, who is uh, sort of the Einstein of the Autobots. And Sentinel wants his pillars. He said, he's like, I saved five pillars, including the control pillar. And they're like, what are the pillars? He goes, they have the ability to reshape the universe. Together, they reshaped the universe to form a space bridge for resources or weapons delivery. And then, and then she was like, she says something to him. And he goes, I will overlook your condescending tone if you heed the gravity of mine, which is a cool fucking thing to say to someone, Andy.
3: I just man. wish I, this is so video gamey, like the concept of it. I'm kind, I kind of dig it. I dig the the ideas of these pillars that like one of them controls the rest of them. Yeah, but it's still like I don't know, I don't know, Nick. I just, at this point, I'm just like, get, let's get to something. Let's get to something, man.
2: It's it's one of those things where I'm like, I get that they wanted to have like there be a double cross, but also like if you knew the pillars were there, why don't you just go get the pillars? But also, are the pillars just to bring? We're going to have we have a problem with these pillars. I agree. I'm going to have a huge a massive fucking problem with these pillars in about 30 minutes. Okay. Into, 30 more minutes in this movie. So just earmark that. Can you please write that down on a notepad? Sure Nick me. to have problem with pillars 30 minutes from now in movie time, not real time. Thank you, Andy. Before before we get to those problems,
1: though, let me tell you about our sponsor this episode. That sponsor is ExpressVPN. We all know that ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, but there's something that you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. It's a really cool feature that's really easy to use. Uh, Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Um, Andy, you've been watching The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. I sure um, have. And uh, it's it's not available on streaming services here in America, but it is in other territories. So we can use ExpressVPN to access Netflix over there and watch you here. Wow. Smart. Pretty cool, pretty Smart cool stuff. stuff. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think that you're located. You can choose from almost a hundred different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. Uh, It's not just Netflix though. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. So Hulu, BBC, YouTube, it doesn't matter. All of them, it works. ExpressVPN uh, is so easy to watch shows. It's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. Uh, and you can stream in HD, no problemo, lame Express uh, ExpressVPN also is compatible with all the devices you're already using, your phones, your media consoles, smart TVs, all that stuff. So it's super, super easy. If you visit the link right now at expressvpn.com slash warning, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support this show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash morning. You get three months. That's going to be super helpful right now. Expressvpn.com slash morning.
3: Another way that it could help people across the pond is Mm -hmm. that they are – I think they are getting the show devs week to week. But we have it all available right now on Hulu. Uh, So there's an example right there. Everybody, how about that?
1: Yeah. How about that? That's is great. Is that? Damn, you got to watch that. Yeah.
2: So much good TV out there. dude. So much good stuff. Nick. Yes. Good stuff. Let's get back to the plot. Uh, Sam tries to get Francis McDormand to hire him, but she turns him down. He's not a soldier. He's a messenger. He's always been a messenger. And again, another affront to his manhood. And he's like, hey, I'm going to scream more because that's what we should do. They head home with uh, Bumblebee and his Autobot, uh, as his Autobot protector. Thankfully, Brainwash and Willie are there, too, uh, there, uh, to make sure. We have. We assume to, uh, what, uh, to. What did you just call them? Oh, Brainbot and wheelie. Brainwash. Is it Brainwash or Brain? I think it's just Brain. I don't it
1: know just, why I it's brainwash. just Brains It's brains and Wheelie, but it sounds like you said Brainwash and willy. <laughs> it's like, I love Nick's just <laughs> nicknames for these guys. Of
2: yeah, course, sometimes the they best, just come man. through. Um, <laughs> you have to assume they put these characters in there for comic relief and or to make sure that they never actually have a good scene together uh, with just with Sam and, and, and Bumblebee. Anyway, Sam's down on himself, uh, Miriam calling him a messenger, but instead of BB having a heart, a heart with him, we get some throwaway dialogue from Wheelie, and then Sam doubts himself. But then rethinks it and he's like, no, you know what? I'm going to fucking get, I'm going to solve this. I'm a man. I could do this. Uh, nothing better than a character. Just digging deep, Tim. That's good writing right there. When you just have yeah, a character yeah. in a scene, just decide to change his mind about something. No outside elements. No other things. Just, he should just sit there for a second. Think and be like, you know what? What would the audience want me to do right now? But That's what I do. Exactly. Uh, then guess what? Thank God he's in this. I didn't know he was in this, Tim, but just like the parents, I'm glad he is. We catch up with Agent Simmons who is fucking balling out because he wrote a book called Code Name Hero, and now he's a billionaire or whatever. And Simmons wants the world to side with the Autobots, but Bill O'Reilly says the Autobots should just fucking leave. Typical Fox News. Am I right, Andy? Totally, dude. Am I right? Uh, Then K2SO comes in, and he's kind of doing like a weird Swedish thing, and I'm not quite sure why they they made Alan Tudor do that accent. And I'll tell you why, Nick. I'll tell you why, and it is a wacky answer. Are oh, you
3: have, have an answer! Oh, Holy yeah. shit! Oh yeah,
1: have you ever seen the movie Twenty Eight Days? Twenty Eight Days with later. no, not later, just Twenty Eight Days. With Josh Hartnett. Um, I'm going to check right now. Twenty Eight Days with Sandra Bullock as the lead. Mm-mm. Viggo Mortensen is in
2: it as well.
1: Anyways, I don't. A big city newspaper columnist is forced to enter a drug and alcohol rehab center after ruining her sister's wedding. Oh,
2: I, I'm familiar with
1: it. Yeah, a stolen limousine. Um, so here's the thing. In 2011, Alan Tudyk told Empire Magazine that his character from 28 Days, the gay German performance artist Gerhard, was the same character as the one Tudyk later played in this movie. I decided that it's the same guy. He had gotten out of rehab, got himself on the right track, and then entered the army, became a specialist. I found that he had skills and computers and weapons then he got burned out after too much killing and just decided to become a valet to agent simmons there's a moment where he just goes crazy and i say that's the old me and that was all based on that bullshit idea that it was the same guy <laughs> i would rather fun? have watched that movie than this movie <laughs> but how fucking what? funny is that <laughs>
3: Man, That's he's world building, dude. Good for Alan. So fucking crazy. Anyway,
2: Sam calls Simmons and baits him back into the game with a promise to tell him about the current situation. And then Simmons decides, to like, I got to get back in. So he dresses like Morpheus from The Matrix and heads over to Sam's loft. And then we get a dope scene with Optimus where Optimus offers him uh, uh Sentinel prime, the Matrix of Leadership. And Sentinel's like, I am no longer your teacher, Optimus. You are mine. And I'm like, fuck, this is a cool part of this movie that I wish we kind of saw a little bit more. But no, we don't see that because what we need, Tim, what do we is need? What Nick? every good movie needs. We need to we need to take the fine, probably Academy nominated, if not Academy Award winning, John Malkovich, and we need to make him roll around on the ground like a little puppy for uh, for fucking Bumblebee to play with. Ticklish. I'm ticklish. Ooh, he just gets so giddy in this next scene. He gave. You know I guess, what a, sucks though, Nick, and I. I, I this,
1: there's no way for me to say this with insult. But I feel like like this would be you like out of all of us, like you were the guy where it's like if you were in a movie playing like a heightened version of yourself, you'd be fucking being tickled by bubble. I, I,
2: and, I, and honestly, I would be glad to and that would be my lineage and I would stand by that. But I'm also not, not nearly Malkovich. Yeah, I'm not John Malkovich. <laughs> I will never be as talented as John Malkovich or have anywhere close to the culture impact that man has had in film. And you just took him and you made him roll around on his back and, and, and giggle like a fucking, like he was high at Burning Man. Anyway, Sam and Simmons figure out that the DCs have been using uh, human operatives and then killing them off. Uh, Malkovich comes over with some info. I can't remember what he gives him, but it's some info. And then the, um, Sam lets him play with Bumblebee. Soviets have apparently canceled the mission to the moon and two cosmonauts went into hiding in America. But guess what? Uh, brain, brains has found them. And then Rosie gets pissed at Sam because he's going back into war, and she, and he's like, "Why don't you why, I, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to make a difference." And she goes, "You're going back into war just like my brother who died in war. Look over at the picture. And then she looks over at the picture and it's like, "Oh, okay, oh, cool. <laughs> Your brother died. Okay.
3: like that's, I, that's I, again, And this is introduced
2: like, this late in the film.
3: Yeah, I know, dude, exactly. Like it's just they thought that they, to they it oh, it once just, before.
1: Oh, really? Oh, okay. They did. I mean, they did. That? There was one <laughs> line, but who gives a shit?
3: <laughs> again, but again, this is just like, like you got to assume that they, when they're in the writer's room and they came up with this line, they're like, this makes this all worth it. Like this, for mm-hmm. sure, this line right here will make the audience go, wow, we really care about this character now. Oh and it's God. just, it's so bad, dude. Like we're not Honestly, that dumb.
2: if she just didn't show up in the rest of this movie, would anyone have noticed?
3: Well, if somebody has to call the... Megatron a bitch.
2: It's true. It's very true. <laughs> that was the test, and you passed. Thank anyway, you. Sam goes, I just want to matter, and she goes, you matter to me, and he goes, no, honey, I want to fucking, like, have a career and a life on, the on like, a global scale. Like, I just can't, I can't just be your little service droid from now on. Uh, Simmons and Sam track down the Cosmonauts with relative ease, and Simmons uses an aggressive pair of binoculars to spy on him. Then they buy their way into the Russian club, and Alan Tudyk does some just really bad improv, All of uh, and things. then and then he fucks everyone up and, and cocks a double barrel shotgun, which is not a possibility because they don't cock, but it's okay. Um, and then for no reason, the cosmonauts just go, you know what? We're going to tell you everything. You guys tried real hard to get in here. So, fuck it. Let's tell you everything. And What 1960- a great idea ruined by execution. Like, oh, yeah. the
1: Russians were there first. Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, they have way more info on this. All oh, that's so fucking rad and cool and builds to what you're talking about, Nick. Of Like, yeah, this is a really actually cool setup to this story. And then you get at this fucking weird bar scene, man. Let's just, like... Michael Bay, man. Be cool. What
2: the fuck? I know. In 1963, Russian Lunar 4 took pictures of the dark side of the moon, which included a bunch of alien pillars. Uh, the Decepticons must have gotten them first. But then why would they leave Sentinel when he's the only one who can use them? Unless he's the one thing they still need. Oh, no. They need Sentinel. Um this, uh, they led Optimus to Sentinel because he, he was the only one that could revive him. That's crazy. I'm like, what a cool idea. Look at the Decepticons using their big-ass brains. And then on cue, as if someone finally remembered this was supposed to be a fucking action movie, the Decepticons attacked them on the freeway. And Sam screams a lot. And there's a lot of explosions. and But mostly nothing happens except everyone flips around a lot in slow motion. And did I mention that Shia LaBeouf screams a whole lot in this? Here's the thing. It, I, he only has one scene of screaming, and I really like
1: when he's the tethered with all the, the shits like flying around yeah. everywhere and like it like grabs him and and he goes and he's just like ah, 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 like actually scream like this is fucking funny but you're right it's just when there's so much other screaming throughout the movie it lessens it a little bit i love this chase scene though like i feel like this is super cool we're actually seeing the transformers in daylight in in it's broad <laughs> enough the choreography for the most part makes sense there's some parts that i'm like wait so you literally you hit the the first thing the dread guys do is hit the highway signs down but they hit him the opposite way but then at the next shot they use it as a ramp and it's like really w- weird yeah. to fucking look at but then i like this shit where it's like the where um the the ferrari like transforms and like uses like his little hooks on ropes to like fuck things up and he's like kind of like mm-hmm. jet skiing with them like that shit's cool i i really like this entire scene the score is really dope uh kev can you bring up the YouTube link that I sent you? Yeah, man. Last week, I was talking to you guys about uh, Michael Bay reusing scenes. This is one of the, the scenes, parts of it, at least. Um, you can skip I mean, forward a bit, Kev. He
2: could have legitimately just reused an entire action sequence, and I wouldn't know. So this, just, just keep watching right here. Oh, shit. Yeah. Again, and, the, and you, really, you really feel it oh, you because it the generic nature of these scenes... Um, it's it, it, this. all of these action scenes remind me of just the, the bridge scene in Bad Boys 2 where it's just no real concept of what's happening where or why any of these things are happening and then they just sort of like end and you're like, cool, we got through that. Let's get to the next bit of exposition to tell us yet again that this ship has a lot of cool shit on it. I don't know. I, I really disagree. I think that this one
1: is actually well-coorded I and mean, you do know where things are going on. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I totally I,
3: I, I understood everything I understood everything that was happening here. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, is this is this the bumblebee transforming around Shia? As yeah, he's... yeah, that's like, the I screaming thought, moment I was about. Yeah, I thought that was really really cool. Like I, like uh, the CG was surprisingly not awful compared to the next time we see Shia screaming, where he is grappled on to Starstream uh, and, and to star, and flying through the air, and we just see a straight up like the way they did. Um, Daniel Radcliffe and Harry Potter when he's oh like, god. Like it was, number just, one. it was it was a straight up video game like 3D Shia LaBeouf asset and it looked really bad.
2: Yeah. Uh then this entire scene ends with a Mexican standoff and Ironside and Sideswipe talk the Decepticons into dropping their guns. And they say so Mexican, Mexican all, standoff, yeah. They do, so that they can all hand to hand fight uh and say some one-liners. And again, this might have been cool if we knew anything about who these Decepticons were or the Autobots were, but the Decepticons... I guess maybe that's what I'm responding to is that the Decepticons just seem so fucking generic. Mm -hmm. Everything just seems like generic fodder for the the good guys who I don't really know that much about either. Like, I should know the characteristics of all of the Autobots. I should know that Ironhide is... I should know the actor that plays him. I should know his motivations. I should know where he sat in the Cybertron war and what he's lost. There is none of that here. This just serves for, they just needed, they're like, dude, we can really rent. Andy, it's like when you hit, hit render on like a CG thing that you're doing, it's like a tutorial. And you see yeah. that you finally got the reflections to do well off the metal. And you're like, I can only do metal. So we'll just do metal. We'll just do metal. Yeah. on out. That's all we're going to render is metal. The, the the bad guy yeah the Decepticons this movie remind me a lot of the
3: black lobby things in uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad where they're just they are just darker evil things that make evil sounds so those are the bad guys and but see a
1: big problem I have with that is it's not just the bad guys it's the good guys too. Like the Autobots exist. in their like weird protoforms when they're in the, like the, the, the arc and all that stuff. Like there's nothing that defines them from the, but it should be like, it, it should shouldn't be, okay. be generic. We should know each and every one of these fucking characters. And it's like, I like the scene because at least the transformers are talking to each other and have some character. Like, I hate that I'm celebrating them having
2: some character. It's bullshit. But perfect example, as you said, the Ferrari, right? We should know the name of that character, by the so, end of this movie, they you don't should know, know what's that? they don't even fucking know the name
1: of the character. So here's the thing. The character's Mirage from the, the original cartoons right. and stuff. Uh, and so that the character's name was Mirage, but then they had to rename him Dino in this one. <laughs> uh, The Autobot who transforms into a Ferrari, uh, while unofficially known as Mirage, was named Dino after Alfredo Dino Ferrari, the son of Ferrari founder Enzo Ferrari. This name change was stipulated by the Ferrari company in exchange for the vehicle being in the film, but also because Mattel holds holds the the rights for making Ferrari toys, and they didn't want their car to bear the name of a character owned by a rival toy company, Hasbro. It's like, cool. Cool. So don't have him in the movie then. Yeah, just Uh, why fucking put him in the movie? (laughs) Such dumbass
2: shit. If this whole thing see. is to sell cars, no one that and trust me, no one who's taking their kids to this movie can afford a fucking Ferrari. So then uh, the uh, uh, one more weird Autobot name. So the Autobot who transforms
1: into the Benz, uh, while unofficially known as Wheeljack, the scientist, was named Q
2: after the weapons designer Q in the 007 films. Mm-hmm. Great. That's Q who has like a weird <laughs> Scottish accent. Yep. Despite no character ever being Scottish that played him. Very weird. All the other characters were always British, but whatever. All of the, all the, all the cues, are there. Anyway, then for no reason, Sentinel Prime shows up and out of nowhere, for no reason, just reveals that he's a bad guy. He's been a bad guy the whole time. Now's the time, guys. There's no strategic purpose for me doing this, but fuck it. I'm just tired of hiding. Uh, we were never going to win the war. For the sake of our planet's survival, a deal had to be made with Megatron. And then he kills Ironhide and runs off. And everyone's like, oh, that's be There sad, was a but. reason, though.
1: That's why Like, they just found it. Now the good guys knew that Sentinel was the key. So then that that's why like Sentinel didn't show up. Or no, he was with them the whole time on the right, but chase. They didn't know that Cent-
2: they didn't know Sentinel was bad. Yeah, I know. They, but no, like- they go they go to get Sentinel at the nest, and, and he breaks out of nest and goes, "I'm bad. I'll see you motherfuckers later." And then bangs out. The whole the whole the whole chase scene was to lead them to over to Sentinel to like see what the hell was going on with them. But it wasn't clear to me that he was a bad guy. It was just clear to me that they were using. Prime to fire up Sentinel, and they were going to try to capture him. That's what I thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, it was definitely it was a twist that there where he turns on the Autobot. Yeah, but yeah, but I think that's because
2: he was like, oh, the the, the gig's up. Fine, we'll go with that narrative. Let's move on. Um, let's see, Optim- Optimus rolls in. Uh, let's see. From wherever he was, and I assume he went to a Starbucks. Run, I don't know. And uh, and surveys the damage, and then Miriam yells at Optimus, and Josh uh, tells a random soldier to notify someone because they need to hunt this thing down. Then Sam runs to his parents so they can add some more time to this movie because he can't find Rosie. Uh, his mom wonders how big his penis is, and then tells him he's never going to get a hotter woman uh, even if he tries. Uh, and, the, and then she gives him sort of a knockoff copy of the Kama Sutra, and this whole situation seems pretty fucking inappropriate and out of place for right now, but he tells his parents to get as far out of the city as possible, thus ensuring that they will probably stick around. Um, but to their credit, they don't. I don't think they come back, right? Mm-mm. Then, just in case the audience didn't catch it the first time, Megatron rehashes everything that just happened, <laughs> while Optimus begs Sentinel not to turn on the space bridge. Too late, motherfucker. The space bridge... Is on and it awakens all of the decepticons on the moon and they're like finally finally we can get off this hell this prison scape that we've been on for fucking forever and get to planet earth it's been there the whole time but there's no possible way we could have gotten there even though in the prior movies all the decepticons just arrived um, on their own volition as they could just fly through space we've already established that but they couldn't we need the space bridge to get everyone there whatever Two things happen. I really
1: don't understand about all this stuff because most of it just lines up and just sense, even if it's not that interesting. But why do the Decepticons get revitalized on the moon because of this space bridge? Like, why do they all come alive at that moment? And then later with, with Cybertron, like why does Cybertron then get destroyed because this thing's being put when the, the
2: when the bridge gets destroyed? It's fucking weird. I they think, didn't set up any of that stuff. I didn't get that it got destroyed. I got that. I thought I just thought the bridge was like merging the two space-time, like the like basically bringing Cybertron to Earth and like merging the two. But and then the once final, it,
1: the final shot was it like exploding. Oh, did it? I didn't I didn't catch yeah, it. Yeah, it was like we we get shots inside Cybertron a bit like
2: getting totally fucked up, like Wormholes well, status. Cybertron had its chance. That's what they say. Okay, it did. That we say that. Uh cool. So everyone comes to Earth and they just start fucking everything up. They just start fucking everything up. Um, and then Optimus asks Sentinel the important question, why? Why would he do all of this? And he answers, because we couldn't think of anything better to do for the plot of this movie. <laughs> okay, okay, I appreciate that. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Sentinel, yeah, fair. Sentinel wants to rebuild Cybertron with, with the Decepticons, but Optimus tells them there's, there's another way. They can stay on Earth and fight wars for the United States government, right? Seems like a pretty good idea, right? And then Sam finds Rosie at McDreamy's house and calls him Mr. Inappropriate. Which I think is hilarious, Tim, because he is kind of inappropriate in this. Uh, except it's pretty clear that Rosie kind of wants to bang him too. She's a little bit culpable in this whole thing. I mean, Jamie turns out is on the side of the Decepticons, and that dope ass Mercedes he gave Rosie is actually, Tim, Soundwave. Fucking Soundwave. awesome. And the thing Sound is like wave.
1: if you were just paying attention to this movie, you would know that earlier. But I, I this is one of the rare instances where I'm like,
2: you did good, guys. You did good. Cause that was cool as fuck. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Uh, McDreamy's uh, dad made sure that NASA thought it was too expensive to ever go back to the moon. So here's his backstory his dad was an accountant, like the head of accountant backstory. for NASA. <laughs> okay. And his dad got got by the Decepticons, apparently. And then they were like, you basically have to prove to the United States government that all of that super next-level technology that's just a fucking small little space right away is not worth the money it takes to get there. So we should discontinue the space program. Now, Tim, I know what you're thinking. The United States government has, specifically the military divisions, always have a strong lineage of doing the right thing, right? They don't like to waste taxpayers' money on ridiculous amounts of weaponry. So this all checks out, in my opinion, in this weird fucked up world called hope that these transformers are living in. In reality there's no amount of money that would have stopped the United States government from going to the moon and getting every bit of technology out of this thing because this is a fucking ship that can travel through space time and that the technological ramifications of that would basically make it so that the United States dominated the world forever. We would never have to fork and worry about anything. I but see, you know there's what? It costs a lot too much of money. A little decepticon threat. Sure. That the makes sense. scary guys. They are not they're not not scary. Also, why? wait? So the whole point of this whole thing the ship crashes. The Decepticons are launch a fifty year conspiracy to embed themselves into the earth, basically control everything, and then hopefully wait that Optimus Prime comes to earth one day and then hopefully, hopefully he figure out <laughs> that he can get the matrix of leadership and then revive Sentinel Prime well that was the whole pl-
1: i mean the thing is it's it was all the great wars entire thing trying to the two sides either find a new place to create cybertron or move somewhere else that isn't going to affect anything and so when they sent the arc in, in this movie when it had when it when it goes and it like they're trying to do all the pillars and all that stuff like right. the plan was always for everyone to end up on earth okay earth has a bunch of fucking shit that they don't explain very well uh in in these movies but like they were supposed to go there so that was the plan but okay. it all got like sidetracked because like megatron got frozen and you know all that other shit happened if <laughs> okay follow
2: up follow up question tim mm-hmm. follow up question yeah go ahead appreciate. we have protocol here um
3: yeah.
2: if sentinel had struck a deal with the decepticons why did they shoot the ship why did who shoot the ship Why did his ship get shot? By the Decepticons? Yeah. They show, like, as it's leaving, it gets shot and, like, lost forever. It, like, goes off course and it's lost forever, doesn't it? That's a good question. It's a really good question. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I think think
3: this plot is too airtight, though. Like, clearly
2: you're (laughs) You're wrong somewhere. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. I mean, it's it's Mm -hmm. actually possible that I got a lot of these details wrong because I was... More concerned with writing dick jokes and spray tan jokes. Um, <laughs> you did good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway, his dad, he it doesn't fucking matter. He is a shill for the Decepticons. And he puts a watch on Sam that taps into his central nervous system so he can see and hear everything that he, he that he hears. And it's one of those things where, like, when you introduce this piece of technology into a movie and and then any audience member starts thinking, why don't they just mass produce those things? Put yep. them on every human being and enslave the entire human race. So why are you doing up. any of this shit? You have the capability of just fucking up the humans at will, whenever you want with with no recourse. Why yeah. do you why do you have to operate in secrets at all? It's like Tony Stark give everybody a fucking suit. Yeah, give everyone a suit. Give Fine. Iron Man a suit, give fucking uh, the yeah. other Iron Man a suit. What are the yeah. other characters? Hulk Hulk gets a suit. You get a everybody. suit. It's all like them. Oprah. Mm. Let's see. So he goes, you need to go over to the septic. He's like, we gotta know, man. Wait, we gotta no know. No one's gonna
0: make fun of him for only knowing. Let's Iron just man. let it go.
2: Let's just <laughs> a let it go. Marvel. <laughs> I think I think Thor was in there too at some point, but he wasn't in that suit. Because you know what? He'd have to wear a suit, but it'd have to have no arms, it'd be sleeveless. I mean, Jamie puts it on the thing. Anyway, he sends him over to Optimus, and at this point, the American government, you know. All hell's broken loose, and Sentinel uh, tells basically NATO that they've, we've come to Earth for your natural resources, so we can rebuild Cybertron, a world largely made of metal. Think about that. Um, in order to, oh, Andy's gone. In order for them to mine <laughs> those resources. They have to exile the Autobots, and then they'll leave in peace. And every, and every leader's like, this sounds like a good deal. This sounds like these guys are stand-up guys. They're just going to take all of our natural resources, basically leave us to a point where we can't sustain ourselves anymore, and then they're going to bounce. I love this deal. Get rid of the Autobots. Autobots, you're fucking out. Your time has come. You're fired. You're fired. Uh, so they sent over Sam, and Sam's like, I, I don't. I hate to ask, man. And then he's like, but is Tyrese here? And they're like, he is here. Tyrese is here. <laughs> They're like he is here actually and he goes cool can i please talk what has he been up to for the last 20 years well it turns out tyrese quit his job because the military was too hardcore for him and now he works on the team of 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 people that i guess uh uh uh, service (laughs) they service the autobots massive spaceship and it's cool uh, so we're like, okay, thanks, Tyrese. And then he goes over to Opticon and he goes, hey, Optimus is like, <laughs> I don't want to have to ask. But then the thing, the thing like tortures his arm. And he's like, what's your plan? What's your plan, man? And Optimus is like, we don't have a plan. We are going to leave. And Sam's like, okay. And then uh, it reports back to the, the Decepticons and they're like, good enough for me, man. And, and then they hit the button and the thing goes off of his wrist and he kind of stomps at it. Dude, all of that, that whole thing's fucking stupid. Kill Sam right there, Decepticons. What the hell are you doing? I hate to
1: watch all. I like the idea of the the Autobots being banished. This feels like the end of the movie. Like yeah. It's crazy that it there's not really the movie left. Uh, but the thing is, oh. it's so weird to me is that Optimus is here, right? And like he has this moment with Sam or whatever. And then he walks up to Bumblebee and says, make it quick. Get the fuck out, Optimus. What the hell is your problem?
2: <laughs> like, I don't know. Who's the
1: audience supposed to believe in the dynamic between Bumblebee and Sam if you don't even give a fuck?
2: He doesn't care. It's, it's it's you know what it is. I like to think of it like this, Andy. You'll appreciate this. In in uh in a lot of Harry Potter movies, there's there's a couple where Dumbledore wouldn't look at Harry, and it was because he did he knew that Harry had uh, uh what's his name fucking snake face in his head. And he was like, if I looked at you, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want Voldemort to see through you and use you more. So I just snubbed you. That's what I like to think that's what this is.
0: Again, that was just one movie. That was one it was book six, where that happened. I couldn't
2: remember which one it was. It, does, it, it was five, right? Five or six. Five times, right? Five times, uh-huh. right? let <laughs> Well, well, well. <laughs> you yeah. know. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, then they shoot. Going? They do it, Tim. They shoot him into space, and they a do. fucking second level, they just they explode the ship, and you're mm-hmm. like, whoa. And then part of you is like, did they survive that? Because we don't really know what they can and can't survive. And it seems like a ship blowing up around them would kill them, but who the fuck knows? Because Megatron has had his face blown off fifteen times, and he's still around.
3: Part of me is um, like, the franchise is over now. Surely. Yeah. Thank God. Put
2: yeah. a pin in that one. They're done. How'd they blow um, up? What's that? How'd they blow up? I can't remember. Let's see. What Star did they scream. do? Star oh, Starscream kills us. Right. Fucking yeah. I haven't seen Starscream. We saw, we've seen Starscream for approximately 13 seconds in this movie. So that mm-hmm. makes sense for him to do that. Not the big worm thing to kill him, but Starscream had, it makes sense. Uh, then let's see. Sam watches all the charm, the charred remnants fall to earth. And he's like, Oh, this is really sad. And then the watch leaves Sam, freeing him to run to Simmons who can get uh, Alan Tudyk to trace McDreamy's cell phone over to Trump Tower. And it all starts making sense. You know what I mean, guys? <laughs> yeah. uh, where where they're setting up the pillars so they can bring Cybertron to Earth and use humans as slave labor to rebuild the broken parts. Also, uh, we get a quick piece of uh, ADR from McDreamy telling Rose that the red pillar controls all the silver pillars, which pretty much tells her I- exactly how to stop like everything. Great. Let's give her the knowledge. This yeah, is she great, has to have the yeah, knowledge. For everybody.
1: Also, I did like the line from Sam, though, where he's like, in generations they're going to ask like where were you when the Autobots went away and we're going to say that we just had to sit here and watch I was like, that's
2: fucking cool as hell mm. uh sentinel sentinel orders them to steal uh, to seal the city which i guess means just shooting rockets randomly at, at buildings and sort of just haphazardly killing people uh and then sam and tyrese meet up with the dude uh the, the team that took will smith and martin lawrence to cuba in bad boys 2 and they're like, we got to get into that. And these guys are like, fuck yeah, let's do this. We have zero context for what's going on, but we believe you, Tyrese, because you paid to be in this movie. That, Megatron, Megatron hurt all of us. He did. It, right. This is bad. What great motivation. Uh, besides
1: all that shit, I love the scene like of the city destruction. Like the this is where the Lincoln Park song kicks in, and I like that it was a different take for the Linkin Park stuff, where it's like very somber and sad. And seeing the ships come in and the Decepticons like destroying Chicago, like the buildings, the people. All of it, like, I I still think it's unrivaled. Like, I don't think any movie has made me believe in a city being destroyed this much.
3: I will will say the soundtrack, though, the soundtrack is full of bops, full of stars. It is packed with them, guys. Linkin Park obviously leads off the soundtrack. Naturally. naturally. It's the second song by Paramore. The third song, My Chemical Romance, followed by Taking Back Sunday.
2: This thing is loaded, dude. So loaded, Andy. Loaded just like Tyrese's team is loaded. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, BTW, Tyrese quit. The- oh, I we get some backstory. That doesn't fucking matter. Uh, let's see. They argue a Deceptive. Okay. So they go into the city. But guess what? The city is impregnable. But Sam wants to go in anyway. And they're like, you're crazy, man. But then as they argue, a Decepticon comes in and starts shooting them at them. But guess who didn't actually leave the Earth? Thank God, Tim, the Autobots are back, baby. Let's and then fucking go. No, Optimus dude, goes, the moment. We will like, kill them all. And I was like, that's moment. psychotic. This slow mo
3: moment where the, the slow walk and the pan up, dude, like, I was like, okay, the movie is starting for me. Yeah, right. Dude, here, for reals. Like, I fucking begins. love that shit. It's yeah.
1: super fucking cool. And, and again, hype. the one character we get real anything from, Optimus, and him coming through and be like, fuck this,
2: I'm going to kill you all. He goes, your leaders so cool. will now understand the Decepticons will never leave your planet alone, and we needed them to believe we had gone for today. In the name of freedom, we take the battle to them, um, unlike the last two movies where I guess the battle just was was there and everyone met in the middle. They're making a fortress in the middle of the city where no one can see what they're doing, but Sam knows where it is, and now they have uh, the element of surprise. Uh, Bumblebee and Sam jump into a downed... Uh, Decepticon ship take off is the uh, um, is the
3: element of surprise like a new thing of like the matrix of leadership
2: is that one of those things no the element of surprise is just something they're going to ruin very very quickly here Oh, uh, okay just very quickly um let's see now here's another thing that I have a question about now I, honestly I guess I guess I can answer my own question but like the last time Sentinel set up the pillars they went off immediately and just immediately fired up but now it's going to take till sundown for them to do what they need to do which I guess makes sense because like you're trying to merge two planets I'll buy that. <laughs> it takes a while. There's a lot it of stuff down
3: there and yeah.
2: And then vanity. Sentinel and then Megatron tries to get all high and mighty and Sentinel puts him in his fucking place. He's dude, listen to me. I'm the captain now. And Megatron's like, "All right. All right. Good all point." Right. Uh, Sam sneaks into McDreamy's penthouse and gets the drop on him. But laser beak was hiding, in plain sight as a work of art and gets the drop on him and then throws him out the window. Thankfully, bumblebee is there to catch him, but not before laser beak attacks him again. Uh, the booth stuffs the metal bird's head into a propeller from the ship, uh, or something and cuts his head off as the ship crashes with Rosie and bumblebee at the helm. Uh, McDreamy runs and snitches on the Autobots and tells the, the Decepticons they're still alive, like a punk ass biatch. And then he, uh, that, that everyone knows that he is, um, Sam spots a downed drone, and Tyrese uses all of his military knowledge to tell them to rotate the camera so Rosie can tell them about the red pillar that controls everything. And then, so, like, we're already in the city. We're already in the scene, right? Mm-hmm. We don't need to get more characters in this. Like, this should have just been Josh Jamel's character. Tyrese shouldn't have been in there. But I don't know why Tyrese was there. I don't understand why Josh Duhamel wouldn't have been at the launch of this fucking Autobots. Like, they've been his team, and his team is now leaving. The whole thing should have just been him, Sam, Rosie, Josh Duhamel, and, like, two other operatives. And they're the only ones that can get into the city because that's scary, right? They're these tiny little things, these giant robots that have just assaulted and cut off the city. And they have to sneak their way in to Trump Tower all the way past them to shut off this the red pillar that controls everything else meanwhile the the autobots can come back in a surprise moment and attack the decepticons right that sounds pretty cool no we get tyrese and his ragtag team of, of fucking uh mechanics or whatever the hell they got these guys from and then josh Jamel's like well, they're gonna need more but it's impossible to get into the city everyone we've already established that they've locked this fucking city down there's no way we can possibly put more people in unless we use the mighty power of squirrel suits we have to have them Let's all get on a team together. Let's make a big deal of it. This takes way too fucking long. And then we get a really awesome scene where they're flying through buildings. Fucking chase. Awesome. It's incredible, man. And I'm like, uh, man, the city is impossible to get into. But this crack team, Josh Duhamel, being the best team on the planet. They're the only fucking ones that could possibly get into this because they have to help Tyrese's team out and have a wonderful Fast and Furious moment where they get. That's cool. And then 15 minutes later. Another team of Navy SEALs comes in. And I'm like, at this point, anyone can get into the city. There's no reason why we, I should think that this city is locked down at all. It's not locked down at all. Anyone can get in. The, right?
3: uh, the, the um, oh, God, oh, God, I can't think of the term. Where you, where you run and you jump and you, uh, you're Sky going off. to parkour. Parkour. The parkour mm-hmm. in the first Daniel Craig movie, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what this movie did for Squirrel Suits. Yeah, like you're absolutely right. like on. after this movie, it's like I saw just nonstop on YouTube people doing the squirrel suit diving and stuff. And they must have been near the stars because they were falling for what felt like an hour. <laughs> like these guys, <laughs> these <laughs> guys just horizontally glide
1: for so long. They're, they're really good at Super Mario World, they got that out.
3: Air.
1: Air. <laughs> uh,
2: at this point i took a break to purchase a diet root beer and some sniders of hanover pretzel bites uh, i just thought that was worth noting where did you then, go uh, i went up just the loop yeah they were actually really good really good oh, just okay. the right amount you know sometimes you can overdo it with pretzels tim if you, yeah, a belly yeah. bag, you got a Yeah, 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 uh yo, do we, we have a loop by your house uh yeah Is well not you? by i had to drive up to it's, it's the one up in like pack heights
0: huh Okay.
2: Loops the bomb, dude. Loops in this quarantine time. Loops the bomb. Because they'll let you in. They'll talk to you. And they'll let you just touch everything. The loop. I don't even know what that is. There's a, there's just a really cool shell station. Um, oh, I love yeah. this show.
1: I love this fucking show so much. <laughs>
2: Let's see. Soundwave cuts off the Autobots and, and with his giant tentacle worm. And, and steals Autobots' is uh, trailer. a uh, Shockwave, excuse me. Again, that's so confusing to me sun wade shockwave just call him something fucking else anyway uh it, it steals optimus prime's trailer which is super important despite never having been mentioned in the movie or this movie or the last two movies he's it like they, mentioned they mentioned took my trailer movie. they was took was my in trailer
1: in the beginning and we see him use it as a little base for and he grabs his swords and stuff and you do see the wings and shit It's so and cool then, and then in this he's like like oh fuck i lost my trailer i need my my wing system or whatever Flawless. I'll tell you I tell,
3: tell you what's really cool character development, guys. And it's probably my, my the coolest part of the whole franchise is like in parts 1 and 2, Doomy was all up in camo and part 3 Doomy's wearing the full black suit just like Luke Skywalker doesn't return Holy of the Jedi. Please don't. And he looks
0: cool,
2: no, now, dude, comparing the too. So cool. Stop it, I mean they're, they're basically
3: the same amount of like character arc and mm-hmm. character development, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So as far as
2: cultural impact, I yeah. don't, it's just shocking that Josh Duhamel's character. What's Josh Duhamel's character in this name? What's it called? Who's, which one? Uh, Josh Duhamel, the, the the character you're talking about. What's his What's his character's name? Lennox. Ah, uh, yeah. The thing is, he just, he needs no name, you know? The man without a name. He needs no name. The man without a name.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Lennox <laughs> is his name? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah, right? It's Lennox. It's
1: Colonel it Lennox. Lennox.
0: Lennox. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Fuck, I would never guess that. <laughs>
0: I, I, I had that in here. So they awesome. say it multiple times. Like when so um, uh, uh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf uh, gets to the place and starts freaking out because he's like, I want to talk to him. They're like, uh, Colonel Lennox or whatever yeah. position it was is not here. I hear,
2: do- I hear Doomy. I hear Doomy, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, before they run into battle, of course, Q, who we've already talked about, is absolutely terrifying. Gives everyone some cool tech, um, which I was like, okay, cool, that makes sense. Like, give them some, give him some grenades and shit. And well, those will be, those will be used very, like, you know, you assume that when someone introduces a piece of tech like that, you're going to use it to, I don't know, blow, like, have the humans blow up the pillar, like, have them sneak it in, and like a really, really cool climax. While, while Optimus Prime is fighting Sentinel Prime and all that stuff's cool, but n- no, that's not how they use it in this. Um, then they accidentally leave Wheelie and uh, and Brain behind, and they spot uh the terrifying shockwave coming toward them and we get yet another out of place line delivery from them. Ah, shockwave is coming. But it said more like, ah, I spilled salsa on my <laughs> Kevin Coelho bachelor party shirt. Oh well, I could probably pick another one up for like four dollars and ninety nine cents in the RT store. They're practically paying us to take them off their hands. Yeah. Well, I don't really want another one. So I'll just throw this one out after using it as a napkin. Mmm tacos. Josh Dumel's team uses squirrel suit that
0: he Spent time <laughs> writing that. <game>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, we get you the scene with the squirrel guys are, suits. You know how it's weird that there's Shockwave
1: and Soundwave? Would you mm-hmm. be surprised to know they're both both voiced by the same person?
2: That doesn't make it any less that person at all,
1: Frank Welker, who is Megatron in the original
2: show and also Soundwave in the original show. So, yeah, I don't, th- I still think Michael Bay has no idea what a Transformer <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see then the building starts to collapse everyone gets in the building they start to collapse and they get surrounded by decepticons one of the uh, pilots jumps from the window to look in uh to look for them and he starts they start sneaking around this building they they distract him with a chair and then jump out the window sliding 40 stories down until one of them, someone gets the bright idea to shoot the glass ahead of them and they land in the office building below uh shockwave spots them and sends his warm monster at them uh btw i'm pretty sure if you have one of those you win i'm just well, letting we, you know we also you have we, a giant fucking warm monster you win that thing could kill anything
3: inside the office, we had that homage to Jurassic park and the Raptor scene in the kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, where there it's, it's, uh, Shia and Rose or whatever near the pillar. And then like the gun pops into view and they're like,
2: Shh, or whatever, you know, it's, it's the same sort of like little low, yeah, that's to right. Steven Spielberg's Jurassic park. And this is of course where we get the, the sentiment from Tyrese that pretty much sums up exactly what I'm saying. Very succinctly quote, why do the septicons always get the good shit? Um, the war monster cuts through the building, and everyone falls a little bit more until they climb down to a portion of the building that's still standing upright. And finally, Optimus shows up uh, in a jetpack. Um, oh, yeah. and, and I know what you're thinking, Kevin. He used that space bridge to go back to Egypt to collect his upgrade from Jetfire, right? No, no, no. He got it from he got it from his trailer. Apparently, he got the trailer back, Dude. right, Tim? Somehow, he got the trailer back. He,
1: well, that's why he was missing. He went to go back to get it. Yeah, it didn't get destroyed. We see it. It just is like around the corner.
2: Yeah, it was there cool he uses his <laughs> jetpack to do some stuff at this point i've run out of snyder's of hanover pretzel bites only salt remains yeah. uh then it happens only to him salt remains <laughs> oh and, so well said and finally happens uh, the the before you even fucking the say the moment we've all been dreading
1: no it is just nick nick is so hung up oh god pun intended on this one fucking bit that i swear to god Andy, he brings this thing up
2: so often what is it nick Optimus Prime finally meets his match, Andy. And what are those match? It's not Megatron. It's not Sentinel Prime. It is high-tension cables. That's all <laughs> it takes to take Optimus Prime out of 20 more minutes of this movie is he just gets hung up in some cables. God, It is so fucking obnoxiously lazy it's I mean granted he's so because Optimus Prime obviously is OP right he's very overpowered and he can just fuck up any Decepticon he comes towards so we know that so we have to take him out of the, the climax of this action somehow so that Sam and Rosie have something to do otherwise if Optimus just goes there he'll fucking beat the shit out of everyone including the worm thing and it all die so they're like how do we take him out of this uh, you know we don't know what if I get he gets he just gets caught up in some wires and someone and then the other writer's like could it be that simple? Yeah. Well, he's not
1: used to flying, you know. He's more of a truck guy. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So. A truck guy that's got giant blades that come out of his arm. Just they don't fly. This is going to be blades that come out of his arm. That could <laughs> This is <cut laughs> probably cut those those cables pretty easily. <laughs> this is Nick's Bond-Aston bond Aston Martin.
3: Yeah, it, right? is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> but Nick, but it it but I totally am on you're you. not wrong. I'm with you on you're this. Not wrong. Yeah. This is that's uh, terrible, dude. But like I didn't expect him to be caught in them for that long,
1: <laughs> you know. Like just
3: as it like, kept going, I was like, "There's no possible way they're still doing this thing," and they sure were. They sure were. They sure this were. Is the one that Bear told me was good, by the
2: way. Everyone has kryptonite, <laughs> guys, and it turns out yeah. Optimus just doesn't understand how cables work. He just doesn't get it. It's like it's like when you have like a ball of yarn and it's just so knotted up, and you spend hours, hours trying to get it unknotted. It's very frustrating. Not not deadly, just frustrating. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Man, I wrote a lot about this. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, we'll just move on. This is good. This is good. This is too long. Sam and Rosie get separated from the group as everyone retru- retreats to a church. Uh, thankfully, Starscream finds them and, ch- and and chases after them some more. Sam finally remembers the tech that Q gave him, which has uh, not, it was not so much a weapon, but more like a grappling hook, which I'm like, that seems very dangerous for a little human to be grappling hooking onto Starscream's eyeball, but it doesn't anyway. Uh, and then he arms the grenade and ja- as Starscream's like spinning him around, he jabs the grenade into Starscream's eye. Uh, and then Josh Jumel's like, well, we got to give him something to do. So he comes and he cuts him loose just in time for the grenade to blow Starscream screams head off um, brain Star and Willie dead. Yep. What yep. the fuck guys. Now here's a, here's another fun thing that they could have given a real character to do, but they chose to give brain brains and wheelie the opportunity to go into the massive Chitari ship. That's flying around uh, Chicago and sabotage it. What a cool thing for Tyrese and his team to have had to do. What a cool thing for Josh Duhamel to have. Or even the new Navy SEAL team that they're about to meet up with or have met up with already. Why they gave it to these two random throwaway characters is beyond me. Tim, it reminds me a lot of, like, the dual action in in what I would say is a great, cheesy popcorn action movie, Independence Day, right? What do we have? We've got Randy Quaid and the rest of the fighter pilots circling around the big ship waiting for their opportunity for the shield to go down. And who's going to take the shield down, Tim? It's fucking Will Smith and... The, the fucking bloom the bloom himself and they have mm-hmm. to go up to the big ship to to sabotage that thing and they take an leave that's what this moment could have been why these movies are so bad at having dual planes of action happen at the same time is just fucking beyond me and we're going to get to a part and again that 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 annoys the shit out of me is that same of course uh there's a bridge that has to be hacked with the fuck I don't know there's more navy seals we're going to skip forward here a little bit here um and then you know Sam goes over. He finally finds the fucking pillar, and who's there to defend the pillar? McDreamy. At this point, I'd be like, "I'm getting the fuck out of here." But McDreamy still thinks that he's going to be given California in this whole deal. Um, they fight, and Sam gets his ass kicked. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. I think I skipped too far ahead because now I'm getting lost. I'm going to go back. We're going to backpedal a little bit. We
1: don't really, really, the only thing that matters here is the Decepticon execution scene. It is fucked up. It's awesome. We see all of the Decepticons, including Barricade, the police car from the first movie that we oh, haven't right. fucking seen Thank since you. then. Um, they're all there. And Soundwave's there. Soundwave's actually fucking talking. Laser, or Laserbeak's gone at this point. Right. But um, they're there. There's dialogue yeah. happening. And they're literally got the Autobots on their fucking knees. And it's like, they're it's not going to go there. It's they're not going to s- do this, are they? Yeah. Oh, they are. We're going to have Wheeljack, a.k.a. fucking Q, be here begging for his life. Like as binge. he's executed by soundwave it's like yeah. god damn we see sam looking at bumblebee about to be all executed favorite. and Bumble- <laughs> and then bumblebee you know does the like he says the line whatever the fuck it is like we had a good run or whatever another
3: and- line from forrest gump or some shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's
1: like but dude, i really fucking liked all of this and then yeah wheelie and whatever the fuck come in and, and, and like fuck it all up <laughs> and, like save them um but then as that's happening it's cool because soundwave like goes over and shoots and he shoots sound waves. it's fucking rad guys i loved every bit of that
2: it's it's
3: a really good drag shot like i picked like, he's got to be good at fps's because it was just such a good like bam like all, it was it was sick as hell yeah
1: yeah and then like this this is kind of where like really the rest of the fight scene where it's like cool sam's fighting the the patrick whatever the the hell. Dreamy, right there's a couple lines cool he gets like we do get the
2: line of course before this where letter nimoy is is talking to someone and he goes the needs of the the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few um, jumps down uses one. his sword to like do the cool fucking slide down the building right
1: Man, i think
2: yeah i got a half page left i'll just do this out uh let's see snipers take out a bunch of of the eyes of the decepticons while cool. the team put grenade on their feet sure again don't know i don't know why we needed that team in there but it doesn't matter and yeah uh, <laughs> let's see then Optimus comes in and uses brass knuckles to kill shockwave even though i thought that um that, that's what Tyrese had just did, but whatever. Then Optimus uses Shockwave's cannon to disable the control pillar, which didn't look like it was even close to bringing Cybertron to Earth. I just want to note that it just didn't look it looked like they had a solid three four more hours before sundown. But whatever. Uh, then Rosie spots Megatron and calls him a bitch. She's like, you're just a little bitch. Are you going to let you gonna go out like that? And he's like, well, no, I'm not going to. You're so hot. I want to impress you. Ah, Man, When men are challenged by their manhood, challenged by women. We have. That's all we can do. We're doing all this for sex. Sentinel Prime yeah. rips off Optimus's arm and then calls him a bitch. And then he's about to deliver the killing blow. Uh, but then Megatron shoots him and then rips him a new asshole. Is that what happened?
1: Yeah. Uh, This shit's shit's fucking awesome because even like while this is happening, there's the fight of all the other Autobots fighting Decepticons and it's like it's the first grand scale like war of these guys that again is a bit more open. It's not just one-on-one. We're actually seeing like all of them do Transformery things. There's a scene where Bumblebee goes off a ramp, transforms, fucking fights some shit. There's a blast coming at him. So he jumps back and turns into his car and reverses before he goes. I'm like, this shit's fucking really cool. There's like a lot of... When you rewatch the scene, if you look at any one aspect, like there's actually a lot of cool stuff going on, and it's not just noise. There's the one tracking shot that goes through of Optimus coming through and fucking a bunch of shit up as he's making his way to the final Sentinel fight. I'm like, this stuff's fucking, This is fun action cartoon stuff. Like this is what Transformers is. And it's choreographed
3: really well, too. Like, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's all it's eye candy. It's fucking yeah, I, it's think, I think food, the in, you know? I
2: think the individual moments are good. But the problem is the individual moments for me don't build up to a satisfying climax. They don't direct these scenes and they don't edit these scenes to a point where you feel like there's a, a ever increasing heightened ten, like, sense of tension to the point where, like, we finally get the thing that's supposed to happen where, you know, Sam at this. This should, this should have ended with Sam not optimus sam being the one to use that grenade that shockwave gave him or no, q gave him to blow up the pillar right after he had just punched fucking mcdreamy out and as that pillar blows up like that's when the ship above should have started dropping to save the decepticons and then or to save the autobots and all this stuff happening it just feels like they direct one scene and they were like we don't know where that's gonna go and then they direct another one like we don't know where that's gonna go everything the little moments are cool And I'll agree that they have really cool like the Autobots flip around a lot and and that individual choreography is cool. But none of it gels like the scene from Infinity War at the very fucking end, which is what this should have been. Which is all the characters we love running at all the characters we hate or like know are the bad guys. And we see them do the things that are supposed to happen. And if you guys go back and watch that scene, when I'm talking about choreography, I mean you at no point do you not know where you are in that battle. At no point do you not know who you're with in that battle. It's so well directed that you were jumping around through like 30 different characters and we know what's going on. And it's paced so well that it has those hype moments where like Thor comes in. You're like, and then Mark, Mark Waffle goes, oh, you guys are in trouble now. Fucking hype, right? No, they're not. They're fucking, they're going to lose still. And like, what the fuck's going on? This is chaos. In this one, it's like, well, I guess Josh Gimel put a bomb on something and then let's go over to this other thing. And then, um, and then Optimus uses a cannon to take out the pillar. That's it. That's what we Bumblebee got. Bumblebee takes out the pillar. By jumping does Bumblebee down. take out the pillar? Oh, Bumb- that's right. Bumble- it's not even Sam that takes out the pillar. Bumblebee does a fucking Goldberg spear yeah. to the pillar of, the pillar of fucking <laughs> truth and takes it out. And it's like, why wasn't that Shia? Because have, Bumblebee didn't do anything.
3: I have I have one note that has nothing to do with any of this. But when they first set off the pillars and it, sh- it cuts to like uh, Decepticons all around the world doing their thing... And it shows some Decepticons in a very sort of Mayan jungle looking uh, area. It reminded me a lot of Bionicle. And I was like, that's cool. Dude, me too. <laughs> me fucking too. It's because of
2: the design. It, it, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, then Optimus easily kills me- uh, Megatron again. And then he kills Sentinel, hopefully for the first and only time. And he says now, and, and then Sentinel's like, but like now you see why I had to betray you. And, he go, and Optimus goes, you didn't betray me. You betrayed yourself and me you did me me and everyone we know too then everyone slowly walks toward each other in same spots rosie across the bridge and bumblebee transforms behind him and they run to each other as if to say this whole movie was just a terrible idea and will most likely send shia into the depths of indie movie obscurity and hell and rosie back to modeling and into jason statham's arms but no bumblebee decides i'm gonna drop some rings around here and Boof's like hey man I just got a job. Like, just hold your horses, right? And Everyone's like, <laughs> "We did it!" Um, and Fred, then Optimus. Is this is. not the
1: most bizarre end to a movie you've ever seen? It's, oh my really god! Is. There's he, there's no epilogue at all. It's just kind of like, yeah. boom, done. And then, then I'd say there's no epilogue. No, we still get the classic Transformers mid credits. Like, here's an update on some. We don't need this freaking Simmons scene of him no. kissing. No, just trying to bang so it bizarre. out.
3: So fucking bizarre. I, the, the, I hate the, it. The funniest thing about this whole like about this movie is it takes an eternity to end and then it ends in and, and we're kind of left like, thinking, like, what the fuck? Like yeah. at least give yeah. us 15 minutes or 10 minutes of some other thing, you know? But no, they just they like it took forever for this movie to finish, and then when it gets there, it's just bam, dude. It's just straight to credit. So bizarre. Yep,
2: that's pretty yeah. much it. But thankfully, there's a the most subdued Lincoln Park song ever written that can go over this what a snooze fest dude dude i don't understand <laughs> yeah. what the fuck happened to lincoln park in between the, the the second and third movie well, it because they all stopped the song, doing heroin
1: they made the song for the middle of the movie for the scene of all the destruction the melt, stuff, the and, oh. it worked,
2: oh. and it yeah. worked
1: there and then i don't know why they used the exact same song i think lincoln park just didn't want to make a song for, they were like we're done guys for, we're like done. they didn't want to do two <laughs> for this so, because they were heavily involved in the score and shit for the second one, this one they just did the one song.
3: I bet you it's because they were like, "Look, you guys decided to kill Q, and he was our favorite character. <laughs> he was our <laughs> like, fucking, we're not making another. <laughs> he was our
1: boy, man. Um, all right, like, uh, at two, the end. two little facts I got for you left, um, uh, that are semi interesting. Just because God, this shit's insane. Um, so during the Pentagon scene uh, where Lennox outlines the Decepticon situation, uh Gulfstream three private jet. Uh, is seen behind the director, and then later it's the aircraft in which Sam and Miriam are traveling to somewhere. It doesn't fucking matter. But what matters is the jet is owned by Michael Bay. It's Good just like I just fucking love like that. That's a that's a fact. That this motherfucker just owns a jet and he's like we're putting
2: it in the movie. <laughs> there's just like it's almost insult to injury that these movies do so well. This is what this is what I don't like. It makes me feel like I'm fucking going crazy when I watch a movie like this, and it is just so off base it's so there's so many terrible decisions went into this to make just a basically two and a half hour long some ups some downs but ultimately kind of like useless movie and then it makes a billion dollars and i start thinking to myself i'm like what what is the point of ever trying to make something good just render out a bunch of trans just get the licensed transformers make two hours of just jumbled shit on screen and just wait until one of the movies loses money and then make bumblebee
1: Um, Then the last fact that I'm only going to read because it was phrased so bizarrely. During filming in Washington, D.C., one of the 2011 Chevrolet Camaros was struck by a Metro Police canine SUV responding to a bomb alert. The police officer involved sustained minor injuries and Bumblebee sustained considerable damage. Filming was able to continue as there are copies of each automobile for shooting purposes. Do you straight up refer to the car as Bumblebee?
2: Do they know that Bumblebee is not insane. a real thing? Oh, <laughs> are they aware that Bumblebee is just God. a fictitious character in th- Michael I, Bay's brain?
3: I thought what you were reading right there, Tim, was one of those like where they are now. And it's like Bumblebee <laughs>
1: <laughs> went through injuries. Oh, it's so fucking funny. Uh, give me some haiku in review, baby. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line.
3: If you're not poetic, no need to fret. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in, haiku, haiku in review. Haiku in
1: review. You gotta sing it earlier, Tim. You gotta. It's impossible for me to do it earlier than that. I'm literally saying the whole sentence before you even get there. Really? I'm saying I, it it's, it's not bad.
0: Early. Really? Okay. Yeah, okay. From but my side, Kevin, it's... you're
1: not the you're not the best judge of this, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, <ask> the judge. <laughs> that's the joke. You can go to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/kindoffunny to write your reviews. And- just like Josh C. did. These movies are bad. Spock didn't deserve this shit. Fuck, there's still more. Uh, Grant Burton says the best one so far, but still not that good of a film. Revere the big D. I just think that was <laughs> just throwing a, a, a there. Uh, jeremy z says bad guy was in space prime ripped off megatron's face time for Wahlberg's grace because remember guys we're getting some mark fucking Wahlberg introduced to this shit um charminda says sentinel's a fraud dempsey's offered sam a job megatron's a bitch (laughs) he is a bitch um daniel edmund says i hate to admit maybe i'm a hypocrite but this movie's lit there we fucking go um let's do ragu bagu
2: what's up everyone welcome to Rag rad guys talk bad guys here for transformers 3 i'm your host nick scarpino alongside tim gaze and andy cortez gentlemen the current rankings of ragu bagu for the transformer series is number one michael bay number two michael bay and the fallen where do we want to put number three which is sentinel prime and mcdreamy and Michael Bay? Number one, easy, totally easy, man. Like these are the only
1: ones that like the pl- they at least had a bad guy plot that kind of made sense and was semi easy to follow, and they all did cool things to some extent, even if McDreamy, the cool things he did was just kind of giving people sound wave. Yeah, I
3: totally I totally agree with you. I think Sentinel Prime had a a much cooler sort of turn, and I you know I like that he was also all red.
2: Yeah. A little fire That's, That's pretty really cool. Fun. That's pretty it's cool. Real All right, cool. ladies and gentlemen, current, uh, the new rankings for <laughs> Rad Guys Talk, Bad Guys for the Transformers series is sent. Number one, Sentinel Prime, McDreamy and Michael Bay. Number two, Michael Bay. And number three, Michael Bay and the Fallen.
1: There you go. Let's um, I, if I, Mark I for- Wahlberg
2: will rank on this list next week.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing. Um, Kev, I actually forgot the, the Chloe How Hot, uh, Who's the Hottest Bot segment. Can we pull that up? And, Andy, can you give the theme song for that that you wrote? I don't remember the theme song, man. I don't remember Sorry, Uh, We have her here, which looks like she's with us, which is pretty cool.
4: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Hot Robot ranking segment of the show, whatever we're calling this, with yours truly, Chloe Naylor, Echo Chloe. Today, we're talking about not only one of my favorite Transformers movies, but, like, one of my all-time favorite movies ever. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. I do really enjoy it. It's Darker than the Moon. I love this movie with all of my heart. Unironically. Is it all because it's set in Chicago? Maybe. Maybe. I'm a little a little biased. It's fine. Clearly, the sexiest part of this whole movie is the entirety of the climax being set uh, on my office building. Shout out. God, do I miss going to work? I never thought I'd say that. Huh. Right. Anyways sexiest robot by far no competition is shockwave he is what a man scientist on cybertron it's great he, what is he doing out there looking like a cocktail double cheeked up on a thursday afternoon this is coming out on friday still out there with all that ass. he doesn't Anyways. have that ass Anyways, i got feelings for shockwave, so call me. thank you
1: Hi, there we everybody. go welcome back to shockwave thank you chloe. The all right new, you. hot bot of the movie with all that ass and Sense <laughs> looks like an olive cocktail <laughs> he really does that was, good. <laughs> that was great um so Her favorite uh, movie <laughs> hey man something wrong with all of us you know what I mean? yeah, you're right you're <laughs> not that wrong i'm pretty fucking deranged <laughs> and i'm not that <laughs> deranged. <laughs> you gotta love it thank you chloe for that um so now it's time to rank the transformers movie. Um where right now the current rankings are number one is transformers one and number two is transformers revenge. Of the... I honestly, I think that this is easily number one because I can't think of anything. The first two do better than what this one does. And while this one has so many goddamn faults and makes so many of the same mistakes that the second one does. And the first one does, um, I guess maybe Sam is the only thing I like more in the other ones. Um, but I feel like he doesn't take away from this one enough to take away from what this one adds of having enough conversations between the Transformers and action scenes that I enjoy more than the other action scenes and the Sentinel plot and the moon stuff like it, it's cool and while not always executed perfectly I think is done well enough to make this a cohesive movie in a way that the other two don't even stand a chance at being um,
2: uh, I I don't
3: I'm, I'm kind of with Tim I, uh, I think this movie has I'm freezing up again.
2: huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
3: I'm looking at my awesome. bars down
2: here. Um, I, I agree with you, Tim. I think that this is I think this is the most straightforward movie. I think the plot actually they attempt it for to make sense. I think the only reason why I give this so much shit is because I just feel like they could have done a little bit less and it would have been more. I think that they could have par- I think Absolutely. they could have cut out 30 minutes of this easily. And I don't mean like there's I, I just feel like this movie should be an hour and 50 minutes, two hours max. Get to the action sequences because those are the fun parts of it. Have a little bit of character development go from there. But I do like the relationship between Optimus and Sentinel because it's the only time we've ever actually really had any character arc for him. Um, I think Shia has a little kind of a character arc. Not really, though, because we never really resolved that issue with him feeling insecure um, because we don't really get to ever. I mean, it would have been cool if we got to see him have a job after this like if they were like if, if we just needed one scene with like McCreary or Mc, Francis McDormand's character where she's like hey you have proved your worth which she kind of oh, does you know she kind gives of gives a little yeah. validation but it would have been nice if she's like you officially are now the ambassador for the Autobots and he could have like you know <laughs> proven that to himself because that was the whole point but we don't really get a lot of that but despite all that stuff and I'll agree I really like Shia a lot more in the other two movies than I like in this but I will say this is probably the more competent of all the three Shia the Boof trilogy The Boofs. This
3: could have just been this movie could have been so much better if again, yeah, if 35 to 40 percent was cut out of it. I, You know, there's so much with John Turturro's character there. There's so much awful in this movie. I don't know if it outweighs the I don't know if the good outweighs the bad in this movie. Like, I still think this movie is pretty fucking terrible, but I like the last hour of it. So Sure. Put it number one. Like, I, I don't care, man.
1: <laughs> like yeah. uh, Barrett, Barrett says, uh, is it as good as I remember it being? Absolutely not. Um, uh, But I do think it's a really fitting a good end to this trilogy. The movie has the hypest moments in all the movies. Sentinel revealing he was the bad guy. The Autobots revealing they were alive. And Megatron fighting Sentinel at the end of the movie. It's the best of the Transformers movies. And I'm glad this is the last one we have to watch. And there are no more after this. Good in review, guys. Excited for you to review Lord of the Rings next week. Oh, sweet baby Barrett. I oh, mean, it's number
2: one. Um, yeah, no, no, there is many more to come guys. Yes. These are aren't the worst of now. it. That's what's crazy. About That's it. the bad part is I remember distinctly the first, I remember distinctly Transformers four. There's one point where they could not, they had nothing for Mark Wahlberg's character to do. So they just keep cutting the scenes of him diving and shooting over and over again. <laughs> Dude, this is, we're going to have, have can't so, wait so much fun next week. Cause if I remember correctly,
1: this is going to be the first in review we've ever done with Mark Wahlberg. I think you're right i don't think we've ever had him in a single movie damn damn nick is going to be on another level that um but before then tuesday we're doing uh view askew reverse in review starting with clerks one kevin's favorite movie of all time is that correct yep there we go so that should be a lot of fun um and then next friday yes transformers age of extinction we're almost through this guys um I appreciate all of you. Is there anything else I gotta do for this show? I don't think so. I think we're good. Mm-hmm. We're good, man. We'll see you guys in the predator stream later, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Yeah. Auto,
3: autobots roll out. There you go, Andy.
4: We've nailed it. Roll out onto the top, top back. back.